Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys for being with us here it is episode number 150 here on monday october the 14th 2019 we want to thank you guys for believe it or not romping with us through the world of retro wrestling now for three years uh Great to have you with us, and great to uh, be a part of your life as you look forward to the wacky world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Morata, and that is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. Holy moly. Three, Three years. years. It's a long time to be the champion. Uh, a long time to do a podcast. 150 years as well. Yes, um, that's right. Always. <laughs> In podcast years. Podcast years. 150 of them, folks. And yep. Been with us for uh, however many of them. It's been a pleasure to be a part of whatever segment of your day that is, whether it's the first thing in the morning that you listen to, uh, maybe the last thing at night. You know, you just need to hear Quinn's voice. Yeah, I, that, that's what they're all craving. Um, your luxurious dual sit um, voice. Yes, it's, it's good. Nasally dual sit. Yeah. It's a new feature. Uh, but really, uh, thank you guys so much for. Uh, for tuning in, it's not you're not really tuning in. It's pushing play, I guess. Do, do but you tune? There's a there a no dial, dial on, right. on a phone or whatever. I don't think so. But uh, we're gonna dial into some retro wrestling topics here in a little bit. But before we get to that, if you have a Twitter, you should follow us there because there's not only is there like talk about retro wrestling, there's videos about it, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Now, is there a dial on Twitter to tune into our feed or whatever? You know, not that I've seen, but the at symbol kind of looks oh, like a that, dial. That's sort of dialish. Do that. Yeah. So it's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to. The long-form conversation, mm-hmm. you can do that at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. That's got an ad symbol also. It does, uh, but there's really, really wonderful place to talk to you and me, Quinn, and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics, and it's over on a website I've heard of called Facebook. Yeah, facebook.com slash dial yep. dot broadcast. Um, <laughs> it's a good site. You know, you can go there to find a search bar. That's the most important part of this site. Right, you find the search bar. It's in the top right corner, I've, I've heard. Right, um, I've never used they, it. Sometimes they move it to the middle. I, I don't know. I've never used the Facebook. No, you haven't? Well, no. I'll teach you how to use it. Okay. So you go over there, and wherever the search bar is on your browser, depending on the formatting and right, all like that business. Netscape. Yeah, Netscape. Opera. Escape browser, whatever yeah, it's called. Sure. Anyway, you type in there our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, uh, bing bang boom, tubes, gore, kafui, and it, you're in. That's like it. it. You just hit join on the group. And you're in the group. And you're in the group. The operator's always standing by, of course. Not sitting. No. They've been standing by for 150 years. That's right. They're turning into skeletons, some of them. I don't get skeletons. It's almost Halloween, I mean. <laughs> and uh, you can uh, play the trick or treat over there in our group. What we like to do in this group, okay? Because there's retro wrestling discussion on the internet. I've heard of the internet, right? right? And there's they talk about wrestling. I've heard, too. What we do is we're trying to be nicer about it to each other, to mm-hmm. the people. If You don't have to be nice to Dino Bravo. Right. You know, you don't have to be nice to the things about the wrestling you don't like. But we're nice to each other. We're, it, it's like a communal uh, occasion, right. a communal we, affair. We do it for the rock. We do it for the people. That's correct, Quinn. We... <laughs> 
We, it's true. We do, actually. No, that's exactly why we do it, is for The Rock. Right. Mainly the, for The Rock. Mainly for The Rock and the people. Also for the people. But check it out if you want to be one of those people that does it for The Rock. Uh, you can go to Facebook and search for the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast Discussion Group. It's a fun time. Uh, we promise. Just join it. If you hate it, leave. It's fine. Yeah, you don't or have you to. could just stay and not say anything. You could lurk. You could be a lurker. We a lot have of people those. like to lurk. Uh huh. There's nothing wrong with lurking. I mean, I want to s- stay up to date on all the retro wrestling news. Yeah. It's sometimes like, I lurk. Yeah, yeah. You see? <laughs> I don't say stuff all the time. But anyway, join the group. It'll be fun. Uh, also, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. And donate to what? Like, why? Why would you pay money for a why podcast? Why would you pay? Like, why would you do that? Anything. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. We have extra content, and right. some people like that, so we have it. Exactly. You, just, you pay a couple of bucks a month for it. It's kind of like the subscription service, like the Netflix of OVP. Right, exactly. <laughs> you get this free show every single Monday. It's like an hour and 40-something minutes usually, maybe two hours. This is like the YouTube page of Netflix. Right. And this is our main thing that we yeah. do. But if you really like this and you want to support the two guys that do it and uh, the work that goes into it and get some extra content in return, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We'll talk a little more about that later. But there's some cool stuff in there, so check that out. Quinn, speaking of cool stuff, we Mm -hmm. have some cool fans, and this season, what we wanted to do was take suggestions, one per person, from some of our fans, and see uh, what people wanted us to talk about. But obviously, we got way more than 10 suggestions, so the way we narrowed it all down is we, of course, hosted a game show. Right. That's what everybody does when they want to narrow (laughs) things down. They just say, you know what, I'm going to talk to Merv Griffin, (laughs) I'm going to... See if we can arrange to get something. Right. You know, maybe Vanna gets involved. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Pat Sajak, one of those people, right? Chuck Woolery. On occasion, yeah. yeah Regis, but he was unavailable, unfortunately. Yeah, Regis. I mean, I, if we could get Regis on this show, I would induct him into the OVP Hall of Fame to make up for lost time, obviously. In the WWE Hall of Fame, yeah. right. And what we did is we basically spin the wheel each and every week. We've done it all season, and whatever the uh, wheel lands on, right. we talk about that topic from that particular person. So this is the final spin here. On a little show that we have liked to call Wheel You Stop. And as always on Wheel You Stop, there have been tremendous prizes, Quinn, all season long. Yep, the, uh, the big, biggest prizes. The voucher for the salad bar. This is the last day that it's good, so yep, make sure yeah. you get that on your way out. Well, I mean, if you win today, well, <laughs> it's so funny, but if you win today, I mean, you got to get right over to that salad they're, bar. They're closing it down after this. I, they're running out of dressing <laughs> over there. I, I, Croutons so you, are it, scarce. It's, it's, it's like you just get, you get the last dibs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But let's see who's going to get dibs today on the final spin of the final episode here of Will You Stop? Quinn, uh, you spun last week. Do you want me to do it or do you want to do go, it again? Go for the final spin, You want me to do Joe. it? Wow, you're so nice. Who's okay. going to win? I mean, this I is know. like a prestigious victory right here. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's spin it here. Okay. It is spinning, folks. There it's spinning. The wheel is spinning. I, I hear it. I hear it, too. Let's see who it's going to land on. It's going to land on... <gasps> Dave Van Antwerp. Oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> oh, the Antwerp man. He, he won. He won. What does he get? Okay, Dave. Here's this question. How has the internet mm-hmm. shaped the direction of wrestling and the way that fan interaction has changed over the past 20 plus years? Discussion could include generalizations or very specific examples. Thanks, Dave. Maybe involving insider info, shoot interviews, the way shows are booked, podcasts, etc. Who in the hell want a champion that throws pancakes to the crowd, twerking, and wearing fucking unicorn horns? Oh, cool. I didn't know you could record audio with a microwave. Ooh, that's a loaded that's one, a dude. heavy, heavy that, question. And we're heavy. part of it, too. I mean, podcasts. I mean, we do one. 
We do do Oof. that. We've done it for 150 years. That's right, Quinn. <laughs> Originators, I guess. I don't know. Well, let's talk. Uh, the internet, I've heard of that. It is called internet. Now, the internet, the wrestling aspect of it, started, I guess, really in the early 90s, late 80s. I always think of, like, our recreation Wrecked wrestling. sports, yeah. yeah whatever <laughs> it is. Our recreation I don't know. Podcast. I'm not mixing, like, Reddit with <laughs> Yeah, with it or something. Rec.sports.pro wrestling, RSPW. That's right. usually considered the home, the original home yep. of wrestling on the interweb. And that was a Usenet board, if I'm not mistaken. I, yeah, I mean, it's before my time on the internet, well, yeah, to be me honest too. with you. Me too. I only got true access to the internet, I want to say, in like, like I would go to people's houses in like 95. But Same. It, but in my own home was about 1998. Uh, about me too, 97, 98. Yeah, yeah. America Online I had. You yeah. had Big Planet or something, right? No, that was only at one home. Oh, at my, that's like, right. The, the home I lived at mostly. Would you have AOL? We had AOL. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I had WWF, you know, keyword WWF, well, keyword well, superstars. I was all over that. Yeah, yeah. Like that keyword. But one of the things, I guess, that predates the internet culture was Dave Meltzer. You have to understand that the um, wrestling business has always been a totally closed entity. It's like almost like an elementary school. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Meltzer because I don't want to spend too but much time like talking he, about Meltzer. He had like a... um effect on the internet culture in a weird way. He did, yes. Because there was like a ripple effect. Like, the Observer had existed but then once the, like, web version of the Observer existed. Oh, God. That became, like, a main source of news. Right. As far as, like, I think that's one aspect of this, right? It's like that people have access to that. To information. Information about what's going on in the real life of wrestling. Right. And that was the thing that Dave Meltzer more than anybody and probably before anybody really, really emphasized was the actual inner workings and the rumors of, you know, either wrestlers jumping ship or angles and revealing real names. But not only that, another thing that Meltzer, again, was a pioneer of, for better or for worse, I'm just stating a fact here, is rating matches from a critical eye and not just a subjective, well, I enjoyed that. And that's that's the difference. And when people go, why didn't you give it? It's because when it was over, I wasn't sure. And when you're not sure, it's four and three quarters. And it still is subjective, but he, you know, his scale now has almost become standardized for a lot of people that review and wrestling matches. at the matches. same time, it's been lampooned by himself. Like, Correct. Like, he yeah. almost, like it or not, folks, like all these six stars and stuff, All I always think it's just Meltzer just being like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, Probably. He's made like, his I money like and this, he's older. I like this match better than I liked any other match, so it's more stars. That's probably That's true. That's probably all it is. And it's his opinion, and his star ratings have always been his opinion. Yeah. And he's never said otherwise. But back to, you know, the critical aspect of it, I think that, like you said, Quinn, the ripple effect, because once the name Dave Meltzer started escaping just, you know, you know, hundreds or thousands of people that had his written newsletter and was able to be in the mind of anyone that touches a keyboard. Right. You have a mentality now where people have, because of what Dave Meltzer did and others, you know, Wade Keller was another early one. You have people that now think, well, because they know what Dave Meltzer talks about, that they are just as smart about the business as Dave Meltzer allegedly is. Yeah, and I will say this. Another thing, and this is actually a more recent development that's more pervasive. Right. I think once this this hit like critical mass, it took a long time, but when people started openly like putting Meltzer stuff for free like on yep, Reddit, yep. like just copying, pasting directly from the newsletter, right. then all of a sudden everyone knew what was in the newsletter. This is true. And that's only in the last like five, six years, I yeah. want to say. Like we're like yeah, I don't know why. Reddit, like mainly. it's like Meltzer lost control and he just stopped policing it and it just kinda everyone knew everything. I guess so. I want to ask you a question, Quinn, because I think that the enjoyment factor of wrestling, I think Dave Meltzer is actually and I don't want I, I don't let's 
generalized, the internet right. has had a negative effect in a lot of ways on the enjoyment of wrestling. What yeah, do you think and, of okay, that? Okay, so two things with this. I want to first say, I don't think this is the intention by Dave Meltzer. I think Dave Meltzer just, you know, he wanted to shed a light on like the, the realistic aspect of the, of the sport, I guess you call it, or almost a bit of a trade journal, if you will. Yeah, right. Like I think that's, and that's always been the intention of the newsletter. If you read, if you read it at all, like it's, it's more just like, okay, here's all the like raw information, what's going on in the wrestling business. And a lot of speculation too, to speculation, be fair, to be fair, backed up by like, he actually had sources. Yes. Yeah, right. he did. He had people. Correct. There's right. no doubt about that. So, what ended up happening once everyone knew all of this stuff, then everyone started jumping to their own conclusions about, well, why is Vince not pushing X wrestler? Yeah. Like, I like him. Then it started like going into like, now the fans are like confused about results because they, they're only thinking about it in a sense the of like booking. the booking rather than like, well, they still have to make a storyline. Right. And then on top of it, then WF became aware of this. And I mean, they, they always st- were, but now But they're... then they started, like, heavily working it in. Right. And then you get to the point now where there's an entire promotion, basically, that exists because of it in AEW. <laughs> Honestly, the birth of that promotion is Meltzer it's getting really yeah. too excited about their matches in Japan. Yes. And then, like, they're like, we can make our own business. Yeah. And, like, that's how far it's come. But what about the overall discourse that you'll find on Twitter or on, you know, certain message boards or things like that about wrestling, where now, again, people get looked down upon for their opinion mm-hmm. about wrestling. But that's just the internet in general. That's not even, like, just a wrestling I know thing, that. to be fair. But in terms of wrestling, do you think that that can suck the life out of being a fan? I mean, people get legitimately upset if someone makes fun of their opinion about wrestling. I mean, yeah. Why? Why? I what think- I mean is Why? I don't know if it's maybe just because of the sphere that we're in now, Joe, with, you know, how we encourage there to be a message board where there is none of that. Yes, right. Like, I just, I feel it less now. Thankfully. Or I get in a, personally, like, if I'm on a Reddit board and I decide to make a comment, I kind of, like, go into it with a grain of salt knowing, like, of course, there's going to be some doofus that comments. But what I'm looking for is somebody be like, well, I disagree with you because of X with, like, actual I like yeah. Like, I like that, intelligent that, discourse, like right? That, exactly. Right. So, like, I just filter out in my own brain. I'll just ignore some comment if someone's being stupid, and sure. then just listen to the people that are backing it up with like actual like. Well, because this happened there and that blah blah blah. Like that's like why I think you're wrong. The top ten reasons you're wrong about everything. I think one of the problems is a lot of people have taken what they've heard people like Dave Meltzer say over the years, and other people who have already regurgitated Meltzer, like Scott Keith. And that's not a slight on him, but a lot of Scott Keith's ideologies of wrestling. He'll admit it's from reading The Observer. The difference with Scott I always felt, uh, it's personally, was that he was about reviewing matches, and it was more than his, anything. Yes, it was. It was his own approach. Like that's what I always liked about Scott's brand, right? Especially in the Ransylvania and um, the Smarks days. Yeah. You weren't just getting Meltzer ratings; you were getting Scott's ratings, right. and I, I always felt like I didn't understand to this, and I still don't get it to this day why The Observer doesn't have a multi person man rating team for example like an egm is my, my closest comparison where it's like a four-man team on every game but at least back in the 90s I don't know, that 80s. would dilute dave and, and it's his freaking newsletter and it was only him for a very long it's time just, it's just weird to me now that when you have the opportunity to have multiple reviewers on a match why wouldn't you take that so that's that on you his get, style yeah Glenn. it's just odd to i me. mean he talks with brian alvarez about it on audio form but anyway but back to the point like using scott keith as an example but what now what you have, if you look all over Twitter, which don't, if you if you want to keep your health, but man, do people just 
say things that they've heard other people say and have no idea what they're talking about in terms of usage of the word like buried or this guy mm-hmm. deserves to be champion and things like that. Ten times wrestlers should have turned down championship reigns. Are you fucking kidding me? Everyone is just thinking in terms of booking and no one seems to enjoy the product anymore. I do notice that as well because when I was a kid and I first got into wrestling, Things like I want this guy to be champion were not based around the booking. In fact, I, I didn't really know anything about that. Right. I, I'd just be like, man, I really like Shawn Michaels. I really hope he wins the world title. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was like, because I think he's just such a good athlete. And like, right. I, I like that was like my thinking behind right. it until I learned more. But like, I feel like nobody starts at that anymore. No like, one. It's very rare. Everyone starts at it's fake. But like, here's the thing is we knew it was fake too, but it I don't know, because we didn't have this information, it was like it That's didn't what I'm factor saying. into our thoughts about it. That's what I'm saying. Case in point, at the time we're recording this, obviously it's live, but let's pretend it's not live. Um, at the time we're recording this, we're very fresh off of an uproar over Brock Lesnar just killing Kofi Kingston in a matter of seconds. The news of the day, I On guess. SmackDown, yeah. on Fox debut, right? And you have people all over. You have two camps, but there's one camp that's like so pissed off that Kofi lost the title. Because it was short, I think that's the And a short umbrage. match, especially. And then Brock's going to fight Kane Velasquez, right? Whatever. And then other people are like thinking about it from a business point of view. But the bottom line here is that the reaction of someone being upset that the heel won the title really yeah. quickly is still a wrestling in his car! <laughs> it's true. It's wrestling. Why does um, no one get that? Well, the thing that I find odd about Sorry. What, what they aren't arguing honestly specifically with this point i think the argument more if you have a problem with it it should be why on like this big debut are they just like pissing off the audience immediately that's the only thing i can but that's the only like rational, so yeah. i'm just saying that's the that's the only actual rational argument but like, to me it's like fuck the audience what do i think of it that's right, like who yeah. gives a fuck what anyone else thinks of it and you're right if you like kofi and he lost to brock then you'd be mad that he lost if right. you like brock and brock won you'd be happy why think about the fucking business behind it it doesn't matter sorry it just really bothers it's me just- it really bothers me but I think it's a consequence of, like we were saying, the information readily available to people. Yeah. And shoot interviews have contributed to that. And a lot of these pull the curtain podcasts back have contributed to that. And in making everyone smarter, everyone's just fucking dumber. And no one understands that wrestling at its core is about eliciting a visceral reaction. It's a television show. <laughs> about two people fighting. No, so it's that's, true. That's, it's a television <laughs> show. Right. And, and honestly, like, I think how you react to shows also matters with <laughs> yes. this. Like, if you like your ending to your television comedy or drama to be happy, like, seriously, <laughs> yeah, if, you like right. it to, if you like that, then you look at an ending like that and you're like, this stinks, I don't like it. <laughs> right. Why'd they do that? And then if you look at it as, like, you want drama and controversy, you're like, this is great. Right, right. You know what I mean? That's a good point. And another thing is that, you know, anytime a new champion... People are already thinking about, like, well, who's he going to drop the belt to? When's he going to lose it? How are they? Bo- Just wait. No yeah. one see, and that's indicative of a whole other short attention span problem I think we have. <laughs> well, but- that's, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> Is this segment over yet? But no one wants to just wait anymore and just savor the moment, you know? And everyone is just like, what is going to happen next? You know what? Another thing that, to me, when we, we talked about the ratings before, yeah. I feel like another thing that's come out of all this is like there's no appreciation for just like an entertaining match. It has to be some <laughs> yeah, fucking like right. everything has to be the greatest thing they ever saw. Yeah. Like, 
this is like what I noticed when I watched the pay-per-views, like when we're doing the reviews now, right? Mm-hmm. Like we just got done reviewing Wrestle WrestleFest, Feast, yeah, right? which will be out very soon. Objectively, I have to give a lot of those matches low ratings. However, <laughs> right. I have to always note that it's like, well, this was still fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like on a technical level, it sucked. But, but see, that's the thing is that I think that to the fan that's been exposed to this rating system <laughs> right, and all that, right. that they can't differentiate if it was technically good then it was good right if it was technically bad but it was entertaining to watch they can't discern that anymore yeah i think a lot of people can and i think that that's the problem and i think there was a lot of you know, a lot of people used to say that barbarian was a bad worker if you look in some of the Meltzer days and the people that have aped him you know that all these people that you look back and they're like holy shit like duggan yeah everyone's like oh duggan's horrible who how the fuck is jim duggan horrible he's so fun like <laughs> just yeah. for an example like my subjective enjoyment is he's great yeah you know and that's what i'm i'm tired of thinking so hard and maybe it's just i'm getting older but right why but i think, think that's so also hard? a rejection by older fans like us who were around prior to this being a thing that we find that the the whole perception of wrestling seems so warped from what it was because again like we said when we started they're just you didn't really think about this like you were just like well i like that match yeah you know you you didn't think uh was it uh three and a quarter right right because of some kind of like sunset flip that happened <laughs> or right? a botch or, or something a like close that pin or whatever i think that's true Quinn. and i think that one of the main things that really does seem to be prevalent these days is everyone's an expert now mm-hmm. everyone's an expert and everyone is just trying to peel back the curtain and and think about the inner workings and it's just sad because you have really talented people doing things for example baron corbin everyone's like i hate him but i hate him because he annoys me and not because he's a heel the thing with that guy, yeah, he it, set out from day one, that was like literally his character, yes. was like, I hate wrestlers, I play yeah. football, fuck you he, all. He was supposed to be a heel, right. so if you don't like him, I don't care what your reason is, he's doing his job. Right. It's just plain and simple. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't know why people, people don't want to get worked anymore. No one wants to admit that they're being worked. Everyone's no. gotta be too smart to be getting worked. It's true. Don't you think in it's, all seriousness? It's just, it's just kind of upsetting. Um, the last thing I want to say about this, though. Sure, go ahead. And I, and I think that we're hitting a point where a lot of people are still... The people that hung on, right, are from a boom from 20 years ago. Yeah, a lot of them probably. Or, or earlier, a boom from 30 from years 30 ago. From 30-something, 40 years ago, yes. And there's not as much new fans, I think. Not as many, probably not. as not. many. Maybe and children think, born into it. I think it. a main problem, and this is just because of that... And this might not have anything to do with the internet, but it, you know, maybe it contributes as far as the bitterness or whatever. Right. Is that wrestling at its core is kind of basic. And once you've seen a lot of the, once you've seen a lot of what can happen, it's very hard to surprise wrestling fans that have been around since the 90s or the 80s, depending on which boom they came in. That's a good point. Personally, like I saw, I watched a little bit of each of these that AEW debut Uh and. I just came out of it very underwhelmed because I think I just saw nothing unique about it. You know what I mean? And that's your per- that's your prerogative as a fan, right? right? And I, I I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that the wrestling today's fan base is still has its too it's overly populated by the people that were brought in during the boom periods and that there hasn't been a new boom period so there isn't this collection of new people. Possibly Quinn and a lot of people now just want to be wowed by incredible moves and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think one of the the things that people miss is, like you were saying much earlier, is that uh, 
not every match has to be about stars. No. You know, storytelling and character work is really and, what sells. Yes, but that's what I'm trying to say yeah. to you is that I yeah. think it's so much harder yep. to do creative storytelling when you're dealing with an audience that has been around for so long that has seen everything. I think so, and I don't think WWE, and believe me, I'm not a big defender of, of all the things they do. I don't think they've done themselves any favors the last 10 or so years with their awful promos, and you know they have they have really shit the bed with a lot of character work and been very flimsy on keeping things and consistent. Sometimes they've been handed great characters, and they haven't... Yeah, and they, they haven't they, delivered. They right? haven't delivered, or they somehow water it down, because... Yeah. But that's a whole... It's a whole different thing. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. But I think the internet contributes to it. It's like the disappointment factor is that like it's amplified right by everyone commenting it's like man why can't it just be like the attitude era or like why or can't whatever it be era like, you why, like uh, why can't it be like when hulk hogan was around in the 80s like you and know I, I think i can can encapsulate that whole mentality with a quick story here which you'll know because you were with me we went to wrestlemania in april right only time we've ever been to wrestlemania it was something we've talked about doing together yeah for years probably 10 years or more over a decade yeah right we were always saying like one of these days and we always joked like when we're in our 30s and i have a kid yeah that's actually how it happened actually happened yeah and we went with richard land but he's inconsequential to the story but we went with him as well and if you recall next to me were two very angry wrestling fans quote unquote yeah that sat there stoic arms crossed the whole fucking time Right. At Wrestle GD Mania, booed every face occasionally, cheered nothing, and just looked like they were fucking Mike Francesa or something, just <laughs> ready to pounce at the slightest hint. I know, it really upset you. It really upset me because I just ignored him, but <laughs> I had to take a leave of bathroom absence, first of all, so that didn't do any favors. I had right. to go to the bathroom as soon as we got there. But not only that, in my mind, I was just like, Quinn and I have talked about doing this our whole lives. Yeah. And we're not like we weren't super watching the current product or anything at the time, but we, you know, but we always cared? know what's going on. Yeah. Sort of. and we were like, yeah. you know what? Let's just go to WrestleMania. Where it's New Jersey, or let's have a good time. And these guys, and I'm just thinking to myself, why would these two fuckwads even come here right. to the show if they don't like wrestling? Like they're literally like they're there not liking wrestling, and that's just one of the things. Like no one could. You and I were enjoying ourselves, right? And Richard, yeah, we're like into it. Yeah, we're just having fun. You let it go when you go live. Yeah. Like you just who gives a shit? It's like they're here to like entertain us for six right. hours. It's but like, those are the people that are gonna be on Twitter just like picking apart every single thing that happens. And look, if you're one of those people, God bless you, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bring me any joy. I do it with Quinn the way we do it for your entertainment. You know, we pick shit apart intentionally and we yeah. do it on old stuff and we do it stupidly. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the new product, either I watch it or I don't. Right. And either I enjoy it or I don't. So I don't know. I, I don't pretend to be an expert. I don't think Quinn does either. No. Especially in the new stuff because I, I really, like <laughs> I said, it's so hard for it to break through anymore. Yeah. Honestly. And, and if there's something you like, you're going to like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in terms of the inner workings of the business, to quote Sid, I don't know shit. <laughs> and I'm not going to pretend to the way, you know, people just suddenly they read the Observer and they think they know everything. Yeah. More than people that have actually worked in it. It's the same way with all sports now, too. Everyone wants to be a fucking insider. I mean, you you watch a talk show about baseball or football. Right. I think I saw one. I think I was waiting at a to get a haircut the other day. Right. I was like, why does anyone care about this? 
Like ultimately, I was just like I, I was just looking at it like and thinking that, and I know like like our show is more about just how goofy old wrestling yeah, it's, it's is to be but, funny, but these shows are like these are serious people yeah. with like fucking degrees in journalism, and they're like talking about passing percentage. And I'm just like, why is this important to anything? Like. Just fucking enjoy the damn football game, right? Like, I, especially, look, it's one thing if it's your job, but if you're a, if it's not, yeah, like if it's not your job to think that critically about something, man, you got to find something else that makes you happy. Then, right? That's the only way I look at it. So, in short, Van Antwerp, I think that the internet has hurt the consumption of wrestling. I think the positives are it does give people broader, uh, real quick, the positives it gives people a broader access to more wrestling. I thought I think it's opened up storyline types yes. that they can do. The whole CM Punk pipe bomb stuff was brilliant, and as a re- and it was a result of the internet. I think it's a result of the internet. I think that kayfabe 2.0, maybe I'll call it, is the kayfabing within social media. And sometimes people get worked on social media and they don't even realize it. Yeah, I, I think it's shit. also opened up um, allowing for small time, like people that are lower on the roster, for them to do some valuable character work. I remember everyone got in yeah. uproar the other day when Lacey Evans. She did a gimmick with a cop, and then she, she had to real. She had to tell everyone, Brilliant because too. everyone got all mad, and they were in on it. The Canadian police the, the were in on police it. Police were in on the. And it, that's I, a fucking eighties NWA shit. When, right when there. I saw that too, as just somebody that's been around for a while, I'm, I'm like, there's no way she didn't tell the cop, yeah. "Hey, let's record this. You can give me a parking ticket yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. I don't care." But just like, and can we like, can you want to have fun with me and like, right. let's do this? Like, everyone's like, "How dare she make fun of Canada?" And yeah. Like, that's a fucking heel. As soon as I saw that reaction. God. I knew it was fake. Like yeah. as soon as I saw the reaction yeah, that was reaction. elicited, I yeah. knew it was like she a had work. to know. Yeah, like it's about working people, yeah. and then that's not good enough. And everyone, well, actually, she shouldn't do that. And then she has to fucking pull back the curtain and be like, no, it wasn't real. Yeah, that's a, that's a downer. But at the same time, I still yeah. a lot of times that do, that doesn't happen. A lot of times the characters are like right. allowed to grow and work on on the internet. So that's a plus. Absolutely. So I, I do think there's positives. I think the the consumption aspect of it. I think it's relative to the person. I think that differs. Personally, I mean, well before we started the show, you and I were much more, I think, critical and much more IWC-minded. Right. Like, 10 years ago, maybe. And then you somewhere along the line, you're like, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, I, but, so but we got to stop I, thinking this I, way. I also think the, uh, the last big development and good thing about the internet mm-hmm. uh, before this segment goes on and on <laughs> is that um, it allowed for more footage to be accessible because that was fantastic accessibility was always a freaking issue until the internet well just as the tape traders when the internet got to a point where you could trade videos efficiently like in the mid 2000s mid 2000s i'd say yeah i mean ask those tape traders that did it the old school way all throughout the 80s and 90s you know as long as tapes have been around right and now nowadays you can put a twitter post with two minutes and 20 seconds of wrestling video that somebody might have never seen ever Yep, and I think that's one of the great things about the internet. So, right. And I think a lot of shoot interviews and some of the... Listen, I've said some intentionally snarky things about Conrad, but one of the things Conrad has done, whether you like him or not, is he has given people that have actually worked in the business a forum mm-hmm. to say some things that have happened and why things happened. And it's been a nice uh, balance to someone that has never worked in the actual wrestling like for the company you know in terms of like a wade keller or dave Meltzer, i think that's been nice i'm not saying anyone is always right 100 percent of the time and i'm not taking sides yeah okay and on the on the wwe's point <laughs> with, with that also Joe, yeah right um, that definitely i think it's allowed the wwe to be sometimes in a good way 
by this, I mean that they can be a little more open about the behind the scenes stuff. And it's yeah. allowed them to make network programming where they, um, they'll follow the wrestlers out of character. Like WWE 24. Sure. Good example which is where, a good like, show. These are, these are interesting things. Like I, I really enjoyed the one where they showed, uh, AJ Styles making his debut in WWE and they followed him and he's like, Oh yeah, they had to put me behind, you know, mm-hmm. closed doors and they snuck me in. And I'm like, I, that's the kind of stuff that's fun to hear about. Yes, is absolutely. Like, uh, like, how did they introduce this guy to the audience? Right. And they just followed 20, the, the, for 24 hours before that. And yeah. like, they just stuff like that is like cool stuff like that's real cool. Yeah. So I think overall, I think it's hurt the consumption, but it's more, it's not the internet itself. That is just a tool. Right. The culture, I think, of a lot of fans. I feel bad, honestly, for people that just can't sit and watch it. And, and if they don't like it, they just stop watching it for a while. I mean, that's right. what I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, all. Honestly, like nowadays, it's like I, I watch the tent pole events. And right. if I was very impressed by said tent pole event, maybe I'll watch the night after or something. Yeah. And maybe not even all the way, but I'll check out what happened. Right. And if it keeps me, it keeps me. And if it doesn't, yeah. you move on, right? Sometimes you, I'll, I'll watch a couple weeks of NXT because it's just short, but not yeah. anymore. Of course they had to. <laughs> don't get me started. Different thing. The length of stuff. But, but overall, the internet was inevitable anyway. Yeah. And it, we're not going to avoid it. So... My advice to anyone that might be burnt out with some of the IWC is just don't participate in right. any of that discourse. Right. You know, the negative aspects of it. I and think just, Squared Circle personally ooh, has become a terrible community. Everyone's an expert. Right. And I don't pretend to be one. Uh, all yeah. I do, all I know is what I think of things, really. Yeah. I've never worked in the business. I don't know the real truth about the way things work. Yeah, but well, I, I'm, you what know? I'm saying about forums like that is they yeah. become clubs. Yeah, where oh, I know only one opinion's allowed... Nobody's allowed to even promote things that with, with their opinion or anything. Like it's just like if you don't agree with what Meltzer says, get the fuck off this board. And that's like, a tough way to be. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. But uh, over on our board, you're welcome to bring your opinion, and we're yeah. going to be nice to you about it. Right. So thank you very much, Dave Van Antwerp, for that question, and thank you guys for being with us here. It's three year anniversary of OVP. I think that we've said our piece on this now. I finally gave Conrad his due. It's a long running joke, but. <laughs> So let's just move on from here. When we come back, we are finally, we're getting to something very important. We are nailing down the worst finishers in wrestling of all time. And that's this important. Is, this is going to be it. We have eight on the board. Two more are going to be pulled out of the tank and into the crapper. It is the Royal Flush of Finishers, and that is coming up right after this. So you have a bunch of people, fans, that now have access and are privy to information, but have no actual experience. And since they have the information, they think they now have knowledge and an understanding of a business that they've never been in and have never had any experience. What's the problem with that? Is that it leads to assumptions and it leads to conjecture and it also leads to contempt. Familiarity breeds contempt. No matter what it is, the more familiar you become with it, the more contemptuous you become with it. And now you have a group of people, granted a minority, that are very vocal and they're very contemptuous based on information that they think is knowledge. That they really truly don't have any understanding or reasoning of why we do what we do, when we do it, or how we do it. But now assume they do because of information they have and become contemptuous of it. But they'll still watch it. Wow! El Snow was able to sum up in one minute what took you two bozos over 30. And now back to our vantage point, 
the Retro Wrestling Asshole Show. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point. The Retro Wrestling Podcast here. It's episode number 150, our three-year anniversary, Monday, October the 14th. Three whole years. Three years, Michael! Here it is. Here we are. We've done it. Now, for two years, we've had a Patreon, and you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to get extra OVP content. Quinn, we actually do talk about retro wrestling. We didn't really much in the beginning of the show, no. but we talk about it a lot, and we have a lot of stuff going on in terms of the retro over on Patreon. We've got 1983 reviews, which is a, big, a hot item there. The hottest of items, the live video along with review. other things that we talk about while we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, the live reviews for 1983, basically what we're doing is we did all of 1982 WWF Championship Wrestling. We have us on the screen, and the video is on the screen, mm-hmm. and we watch the show along with you guys, and it's, and it's fun. I kind think of it's like fun. hanging out for an hour. Yeah, that's all it is. One-hour show. Yep. Uh, Quinn and I are there, and you're there with us as you watch us watch the WWF. Uh, we've progressed all the way up now. We're coming up on February of 83. Feels like just yesterday it was still 82 for yes. like a million years. <laughs> Every single episode of 82. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been we've done them. Uh, so we'll be doing 83, and that's bi-weekly every other Friday, and that's only $3 a month. But if you add two bucks to that, it's $5 a month is the highest you can go on uh, Patreon. We don't go higher than that. We don't have any rewards higher than that. 50% of that Netflix price, you know? <laughs> there you go. And the WWE Network. Uh, what you'll get is you'll get the live reviews. you also get raw video footage of every Monday episode. And the pay-per-view reviews. We were talking about how we recently um, watched WrestleFest. That'll be coming out any day now, WrestleFest 88. We know it's not a pay-per-view, but it's on the $5 tier. We decided to do it. Some people consider it once, yeah. so we included it. Right, so we started at WrestleMania, the original, and uh, next month for November, it'll be the SummerSlam 88, mm-hmm. and then Survivor Series, and then in January, it'll be January of 89's Royal Rumble. How wow, we'll that? be right in line there. <laughs> Look at that. So that's a full podcast, uh, about two and a half Four hours if it's WrestleMania 4. Yeah, WrestleMania 4 was very long. But that you get all of this stuff. Once you subscribe, you get all the back archives. Yes, right. Um, you get audio of the any of the video shows. You get audio yes, of that. Right. Yep. So you're not... You can still listen to it. It gives you a podcast feed that you can plug right into your podcatcher, any podcatcher, Apple or yeah, you know, or otherwise, Pocket Casts or whatever you use. Tune on your, in, on your I don't phone. know. <laughs> right. yeah, Stitcher. Can, you can just plug it right in there. So uh, go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate or at least think about donating. We'll appreciate it. And if not, that's fine too. We also have t shirts if you want them. You can go to teespring.com slash OVP podcast. That is T E E spring.com slash OVP podcast, but Quinn, like we mentioned here, this is the important stuff. Right, the most important. Forget the star ratings. Yeah, this forget is them. Beyond that, beyond the stars. about those, uh, but these are way more important. Way uh, more ratings, important. at least. Now, rankings. What, the rankings. What we do, folks, for the Royal Rankings and the Royal Flush is before the season starts, we give you fans of the topic. In this case, it was the finishers, the best and worst. Mm-hmm. We get your top 10 and your bottom 10 of all time. We compile all of your submissions into two separate tanks, one for the best and one for the worst. And then we have those top 10. We draw them out two names at a time every single week until we rank by the end of the season the definitive OVP certified organic non-GMO friendly scientific <laughs> scientific rankings here. Now, last week we finished our top ten of the best finishers in wrestling. Yes, we have eight now of the worst. And I'm going to run them down for you. Go ahead. At number one, which is the worst, is the Iron Claw. Mm. Number two, what a piece of crap. <laughs> True. <laughs> the heart punch. Very good. Another uh, notable piece of junk. Number three, the battering ram. 
Well, I don't even Which know. Which is barely is that, a finisher. Is that a finisher? Number four. <laughs> number four is the Cobra. Mm. The Cobra. I like it. It involves like, puppets. It's not, it's not that bad. Puppets. Uh, number five, the People's Elbow. Oh, which yeah. Made it, and Richard Ladd thankfully provided some video proof that that was used as a finisher, despite some protesting like, from Quinn. Very rarely. Number six, the Canadian Destroyer. I don't understand why this is on the list. Because it but, defies logic. But it's so fun. Number seven, the Sleepa. The Sleepa. And number eight, the best of the worst right now, is Hulk Hogan's Leg Drop. This is another one. Oh, all-time finisher, in my yeah. opinion, but it made the worst tank, so we have to give it a rank in the tank. So without any further business here, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Howard! Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal! This is it, the heart punch. It is the Royal Flush of finishers in wrestling. And Quinn, we are really whoa. Whoa, hey. whoa, 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 whoa. So, every, every time. The <laughs> so, toilets just they're just over. Oh what? my goodness. Can we get a plumber around here? Jeez. Teal Hopper, anyone? Stinky. Anyone got some Drano? Okay, enough. Okay, so we have run down the eight that are on the board. There are only two more left in the tank. We're going to pull one out, and then we're going to talk about it. We're going to pull the other one out. We're going to talk about it. Then we're going to rank them, and we'll finally have our official bottom ten of the finishers. Quinn, if you are ready, let's shit I'm ready. and let's, get off the pot. Let's shit and get, yeah, I agree. That, that is the perfect phrase for this. <laughs> Thank you. Let's all find out who drew number nine. The big chop. The That's big, all I can say. Big, it's so big. What a big chop that is. Ooh, uh, now, that made it, and uh, rightfully so, I'd say. It's not a great <laughs> finisher. It's a chop. So, the chop. Kali. Yeah, we're referencing the Kali one. Yeah. Um, are we counting variations like the Billy Graham karate chop thing? Sure. When it was his finisher. Don't bring that up, but yes. <laughs> all right, let's start with the <laughs> big chop. It's the big chop. So we all we've all have heard of karate chop. You ever yep. heard of a karate chop? It's uh, known as a top karate move, um, martial can, art of some kind. Can you, uh, you know, you go like this and you go, hi right? Right. That's Mr. what you do. Mr. Fuji knows oh, it. Oh, master of the martial arts. Yeah. Uh, other people know, you know, probably uh, Billy Graham is another one. Oh, you know, he we knew a lot about, about karate. There's uh, a karate. Kali, though. See, Kali didn't just do a regular karate chop. No. It's a big karate chop. The biggest chop. You know, like the big salad? There's the, the regular <laughs> salad. salad. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's also the big salad. If it was a regular salad, I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> but you had to have that big salad. I call it full-size salad. Full-size salad. That's what they call it at Wendy's, so. It's pretty good. Yeah. And chicken in there? Uh, yeah. I, oh, the Parmesan one. Excellent. Parmesan? The Parmesan Caesar. Oh, you mean Parmesan cheese. Right. Not like chicken Parmesan. They call it the Parmesan Caesar salad. Why do they call it that? Because it's it's a mix of some 
Parmesan crisps and a little slices of cheese. But you didn't like cheese. Yeah, but it's fine. You on a salad. do like cheese. It just this, there's this whole on, myth that you don't. It depends on the implementation. All Let's right. put it that way. You don't like runny yellow cheese. Yeah, that is like the easiest because it's the cheesiest. Yeah, that is some garbage right there. <laughs> I hate it. Speaking of garbage, this big chop. This was a chop. Yeah, and that's why it sucks. I mean, there's no other way to say that, right? He so, was tall. The implication is, well, Kali's humongous. He has three nipples, so it must <laughs> hurt a lot. What's that thing there? It's Kali's nipple. Yeah, the implication is that because he's taller, his arm comes down from higher. I guess. I mean, I'm not being. Is that I mean, what also it is? his arms were enormous. To be fair, yeah. Well, like, everything about him was his chin. Right. He's much bigger than normal humans. He had Jay Leno's chin. Right. He had Paulo Silva's height, <laughs> and he had Jorge Gonzalez's uh, ability. He had now he's Paulo a little better Silva's, than Gonzalez. Uh, swishy pants too. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did actually. Now Paulo Silva, folks, is the guy that they saw him walking down the street, and they're right. like, "Hey, do you want to be a wrestler?" And- <laughs> <Yeah>. Seriously, Paulo <laughs> Silva, and he was wow. like, <laughs> "Did he have the chop also?" I don't think he ever wrestled, really. He just, like, wandered in some six-mans. You know what I never understood about Polo <laughs> Silva? Wrestled, Why did really? he usually wear a polo shirt while he was wrestling? Was it a polo or is it a tie-dye shirt, I thought? It depended. But later on, it was a uh, tie-dye, but he did. At one point, he just sometimes wore a polo shirt. Did he really? Yes. That's it was horrible. Really, really bad, like, with his swishies. <laughs> so uh, terrible. But Kali, at least, was, you know, a little more confident than Polo Silva. But his finisher, you would think a guy of his height. Wouldn't it just be a choke slam? Or say, I was going to say literally a choke slam. Instead, it's the chop, which kind of makes me wonder, did he just not know anything? Like, did he just not know how to do moves? So they're like, this is easy. I don't know, because could he not do the choke slam because of the, maybe it would hurt his knees too much having to go down with the move? I, I don't know why, to be honest with you, this was his move. I think that's I think that's the bottom line is, and maybe you have to interview him, but it's really hard I to understand what he yeah, says. Especially so. on Skype. Maybe but, like. I like the okay, the no more. Do you do you think? Ta-da! Do you think? I know he's I Indian. Do you think when he speaks his native language, it's more easy to understand him? No, I think it's the same as Andre the Giant, where okay. even in their own tongue, you have <laughs> like, no idea what they're like, saying. Andre's still incomprehensible, even in French. Yeah, well, because they say like Andre speaks five languages, right? All at the same time, apparently. Jeremy, <laughs> this Thanksgiving, you'll be the worst one you ever have. Kali's finisher was a chop, and the chop is an underwhelming finisher coming from somebody that was seven foot whatever he was billed at. It's, this giant monster. It is kind of unbelievable and that all, you would have some guy <laughs> like that and you would like not at least get a good finisher. And all it is is his arm comes down like the freaking gate like an old people community. <laughs> it's, it's like all it it's is. It's sold like it's death, though, to be fair. Yeah, it, it but, was protected. That's okay, and that's a fair point, but that's all on the person receiving it. It's right. like nothing. Not, oh, well, can, I mean, yeah, none of that looks good if you don't sell it, right? I think ultimately, its biggest problem was is that it's just disappointing for someone of that size. That's the main thing. It's that disappointment factor, right? Now, again, if you're a karate man like Billy Graham, you bet your ass you should be doing a chop. Well, Billy Graham would go on and on about how the chop was the best thing ever. Remember, like I he just keeps talking chop. about it. I know my karate. Th- these are real promos, folks. So we're not making that up. Oh yeah, eighty-two, eighty-three, karate Billy Graham. All because of stupidity, the lack of hearing, the ignorance of Sweet Hansen, who will catch a karate chop from superstar Billy Graham. Talks about it constantly. And I do the karate chop. He's been studying in the dojos. Yeah. You only use it when you need to. That's karate for you. Did you ever take karate? I did. Um, you but did? Just like the tutorial. Um, Wait, what do you, what do you mean? 
the, the free sample karate that Tiger Shulman's used oh, to get. Oh, it was get, actually like, Tiger Shulman's. And I took one during summer camp as well. Um, of course you did. Well, because it was like cool. It was like, oh, there, there's a karate course at camp and it's free. Was there a sensei there? It was just some was it was a like bald the, old it was like guy the owner's son or something <laughs> that took karate. I'm not kidding. What belt was he? Was he even black belt? I think when he first started Polka doing dots. the class, like the first year I did it, he was only like green. But by the time the second year rolled around, he was like black belt. Like really, he was, he was legit. Now you never got a yellow. You just um, I got a yellow. Oh, don't you get a yellow for showing up or something? Like they give you a white and then a <laughs> well, yellow is like... if you survive the intro course. <laughs> that's like, all that's, it is. Yeah, right? it's like that's that's it. Yellow belt. For real? Yeah. So you like get that, white when you that's start. That's how karate works. It's like white, Sorry. <laughs> white is just, all you got to know, I'm serious, this is like a yellow belt. Okay, listen. You just, you learn how to punch, and you learn how to kick, and you also learn how to jump kick. That is all that white belt entails. And if you can prove you can do that, then they give you a yellow. Then why did my freaking friend or stepbrother, whoever it was, make such a big stink when they got their yellow belt like they well, knew karate? Well, here's the thing is it's also the first actual like accomplishment you get. So when you're eight and stupid, it seems like... Yeah, it's it's the first, like, tangible accomplishment you get in a karate course why, is a yellow belt. Why am I so sour today? I, yeah, I don't know why you're so against the yellow belt. It just means that you know, like, cursory karate. Like, I don't know any cursory karate. Yeah. I can, I can teach you. I can get you up to yellow. I still remember, because I, I had to, like... You, they make you, like, drill, basically, a million times until they're like, okay, you're ready. How long is the class? It's, like, a couple weeks. Yeah. What? Because it's only, like, the sessions are only, like, an hour. Think of it this way. It's, like, five weeks or something, so it's just five hours of doing, like, punch, kick, But blue is a kick. lot harder to get, right? Yeah, I think after that. You like, just, I never went that far, but, like, it. yeah, it's, like, after that, it's, like, okay, you got, you got one belt. Right. It's, like, do I... Re- it's just the same thing over and over again. You just do the other extra moves a little longer. Right, right. You're, you're in. Fair. If you're new to the show and this happens to be your first episode listening here, we do actually mostly talk about wrestling. It's just that we got a big chop here and there's nothing else to talk this about. This is the most I can say about the this big is chop t- is that it's it's not even like, I, I would say it's probably more like green belt level. Maybe. Because you got punch, kick, and jump kick in the yellow belt sphere, right? Jump kick is in yellow belt. That's the like last piece of the whole white belt course and then okay and then, then you can move on then you can move on well, maybe it's blue belt i don't yeah. know it's yeah. not even the good jump kick it's not like the kind of like ryu one it's like the just you the jump foot forward. up and then the second foot that's up. that's not cool yeah that's the hokey pokey i thought yeah put your left foot in you put your as long as you don't fall on your ass here you you got your yellow <laughs> so basically just staying vertical and doing the punch and kick in a rudimentary fashion and you get right. a yellow belt right good enough for me so let's move on now to number 10 uh, we've <laughs> talked about the big that's shop it, it I mean, sucks it <laughs> sucks it's a bad underwhelming finisher we'll talk more ranking time but there's not much else to say it's a fucking chop mm-hmm. and it stinks as a finisher it does there i'm sorry go. i'm not saying it wouldn't hurt if a seven foot tall man did it to me <laughs> but in the context of like watching wrestling there's much better finishers than a chop it's the same as like when you do the thing where you do like a forearm on their chest yeah like, right right like when they're getting in a ring but you don't usually call that a finisher <laughs> it's just a transitional move right that's all there is to it all right well this is the big one now quinn the biggest people wait for this they want to what know is like, the final entry who's going to be the final entrance what else is there let's find out folks this is why you're here on our three-year anniversary is to find out who drew number 10 in the royal flush of finishers let's find out it's the pedigree the pedigree the pedigree huh? um i don't know about that this almost seems uh good I like the pedigree. Yeah. I really I, do. I think I, it's I a don't fine like Triple H, finishing H, move. But I, I like the pedigree. 
Yeah, we're being we're talking about the move, not the person delivering so it. What is the pedigree, Joe? Where, pedigree, does it, where did it come from? It's a double underhook face buster off the top of my head. Do you remember anybody doing this before Triple H? Because I don't. Do I remember anyone doing it? No. Now the, a double underhook could lead to normally the the main move that you would see resulting from a double underhook was Scott Steiner did it prominently a double underhook suplex. Right, you usually lift them. You lift them and they take a flat back bump after rotating in the air. Triple H, when he debuted in the WWF in the spring of 1995, introduced the world, for the most part, to the pedigree, which the name, let's start with that, Mm -hmm. is a takeoff of his blue blood gimmick. So it was like, you know, he's very fancy and he had a British accent inexplicably for a little while. It's interesting that they kept the pedigree name alters career even once once he was in like dx and like once he was a cerebral yeah. assassin and the lord and master of kings or whatever he and, said and it's become a generic name now for that yeah. move yeah i mean if somebody else does it it's just called the pedigree it makes sense like, oh there's a pedigree i mean literally he's been doing it now for what almost 25 years so it's, yeah. it's long enough since that, those episodes of superstars yeah literally so he had the snobby blue blood gimmick that most people know of in other words it's high time for all these superstars in the World Wrestling Federation to learn a lesson in class. Back in this time, they always gave someone the finisher. It had like something to do with their gimmick. Like right. if you were a hog farmer, well, of course, the slop drop. If uh, you were the trash compactor yeah, for the dumpster. <laughs> if you were a um, race car driver, it was the pit stop. It wasn't <laughs> really, but it should have been. <laughs> if you were the nasty boys, it was pity city. Yeah, no, don't bring that up. Quinn, don't bring that up. If you were the hockey player, it was the penalty box i don't know but you know what i'm saying right? i get i get where you're going so this. you smell what i'm cooking right what is it what am i cooking you're right. cooking that it, it's the it's the same as their profession yeah exactly generally. so he was a you know greenwich snob so of course he had a i had a pedigree like a dog or something like isn't he it? Also, <laughs> the pedigree meaning he had like the blood yeah exactly line, like that he should be a great person or whatever he said it was very blue what the, his blood what i so always blue. found weird about his gimmick in general was that if he has money, why would he be a pro wrestler? Like, it's not exactly like... <laughs> well, DBS did it. Yeah, but you can make money, but especially, like, if you have blue blood. Like, DBS was supposed to be, like, a self-made millionaire. He, This guy's supposed to be, like, inherited millions. Like, there's really no reason for him to enter the field of professional wrestling. Wasn't it probably just to, like, prove that he was good or something? Isn't that usually what it is? Isn't it ego? I've heard people theorize that, like, maybe he was, like, an outcast in Greenwich or something. Like, I'm not joking. Like, people, like, their own headcanon of like why he entered wrestling now did he know the mean street posse or just shane did right those were shane's friends they were like his friends in his neighborhood in, yeah. in connecticut triple h was doing other things right young it is, young hunter hurst you know what is kind of funny about this whole thing is that in the end in real life triple h married stephanie who was also a connecticut native it is funny it's like i know it's like he's isn't he from like some where's triple h from new hampshire i think yeah like not in connecticut at no, all. no 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 and just it's just always found it odd that like wow he actually married somebody that grew up From in Connecticut, Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his finisher the pedigree a double underhook I believe that's a double underhook face buster if I'm not mistaken he puts the guy's head between his legs double underhooks him and jumps and drives him presumably face first uh, with the neck sometimes bent that down into the mat pretty devastating finisher huh? uh, if you did it to someone in real life it would hurt right it could possibly Especially your if you nose. did it in, like, cement or yeah. something. Like, you would, you might kill them. You could kill them. You could break their nose, break their face, bust them up. The infamous botch was not Triple H's fault, by the way. Marty Garner, I think Early that was... Early on, too. Spring of 96, something like that, yeah. Where Marty Garner, who was just a preliminary, you know, a job guy, whatever you want to call him, 
he had never taken the move, I guess, and maybe wasn't familiar with Triple H's finisher. Like jump into it or something. He was. He thought, I guess, that Triple H was going for a double underhook suplex, right? And so he tried to jump up with it. So there's this video that's been out there for years of Triple H basically spiking this guy on his head, right? Because he puts his like legs up or something yeah. like, in the air and goes head first yeah. into the mat as Triple H is trying to like complete the move. Yeah. So it wasn't really Triple H's fault. Yeah. As a finisher, though, I don't know what is bad about it other than maybe people didn't like Triple H and maybe it got overused. That seems to be I don't, why. And I know I don't love Triple H. I always thought this move was deserving of its like devastating status, though, to be honest with it you. It looks like it hurts. Right, yeah. like it, it always seemed like, wow, you could really fuck someone up. Like I think Mick Foley always took it the best. Like He just oh, looked man. like he would just get killed by it. Foley took a great pedigree. A lot of guys, The Rock even took a good pedigree. Yeah. A lot of people lost to this move. And if one of the criteria that's been mentioned up and down for the finishers, the good ones, is... You know, did it win a lot of stuff? Yeah, the pedigree won a lot of won moves. Many world matches. titles. Yeah, <laughs> won a lot of world titles. Again, you don't have to like Triple H. We're just talking about the move. But now, when Seth Rollins started doing it, that was weird. Remember that? Well, <laughs> that was again part of the storyline. Part of the story Once line. he became a Triple H stooge, yeah, I do it now. He he did it, and then once he left Triple H, he went back to the uh, curb stomp slash foot whatever he foot, calls it, the f- <laughs> foot stompy, the Foot Locker. I don't know what's bad about this. I'm real. I'm trying to think. We're on the flush. So we have to think about bad. What? It's good. It's good. It's, it's <laughs> like there's nothing else to say. Like I don't know how you argue that this is bad. <laughs> like sorry guys, I think it's a good move. Now, it's good. I, again, it's just it is overused, and it's well, because Triple H was all over. Yeah, it seemingly was invincible forever to this day. Even like even after the wrestler was kind of not a wrestler anymore, they still like acted like if he did this, it was like. That's it. Yeah, but Quinn, I mean, that's you can say the same for the stunner. Yeah. The leg drop. I mean, the, whoever kicked out of the leg drop, you know how rare that was? And that made the worst list also, which I think this might be better. Well, we'll find out. The only, one time, time, only time somebody actually sort of kicked out a leg drop, and it doesn't even count because he missed it, but it's Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, or Sid had to kick out because Papa Shango, like, forgot oh, right, to right, come right. down. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> um, I, that is so quick. A lot of people point that out, but that is so fast that I never really noticed it. Because Gorilla probably is smart enough not to mention it. Yeah. He doesn't say, like, oh, he kicked I out. I think they just start yelling about Papa Shango. They don't even mention and it. And Whippleman hopping on yeah. the apron to create a diversion. Right. Because he he clearly saw what was going on. Uh, if you're, again, if you're newer to the show, Quinn and I don't vote on these names. We take your suggestions and we rank them. So but that's we, why. We tell it like it is, too. If, like, we think that the, the voting was, yeah. like, wrong. I mean, then, obviously, there was a consensus. Enough people voted right. this in. Not that the voting's wrong. What no, I mean no, no. by that is, like, that we don't agree that it should be we the don't. worst. We don't. We can't do anything about that, so we have to just rank it yeah. where we feel appropriate. I think it's ranking time. I agree. To run down the flush again, we have the Iron Claw at number one. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. Heart Punch. Battering Ram. See, these are all bad. Yeah. Cobra. That's not that bad. Quinn. It's a puppet show. Uh, People's mean? Elbow. Canadian Destroyer. Great sucks. move. Horrible. The Sleeper. Yep. And the Leg Drop. Okay. So, the Big Chop, I mean... is it- The Big Chop's pretty shitty, though. Is it worse than the leg drop? Yes. Because the leg drop was an iconic finisher, at least, and it won the world title. And, and was, it looks, it somehow it looks still looks better. Than the a chop? Yes. Yeah. Nothing yeah. Kali did looked good. He was just, he was big. Right. Sleepa? Is the chop better than the sleepa? Or well, worse? not better, worse. That's yeah. what I mean. It's I worse. think it's worse than the sleepa. Why is that? 
the sleep paw, even though it's kind of like, again, it's like an average move. At least it had like a heyday as a finisher. The chop literally was always just nothing. There was no hay. There was no hay. I mean, the great Kali did it. And it's the great Kali. And now I want to actually address this while we're ranking this. Please. I personally am not very offended by the great Kali. In no, fact, I think fine. he's pretty funny. And he's like, great. Like when he's not being treated as like the worst thing in the world, like when he just kind of turned into this like big jolly giant, I really, really liked him. Well, we were at an MSG show in December of 2013. Yeah. And remember, it, who was he fighting? Was it Brad Maddox? It didn't matter. He yeah. came, I think he came out as a surprise, actually. Because he, like, he, he was in his, like, already and his, like, I'm not around as much anymore. Yeah. And he came out and it, with his music, and it was just, he, like, came strutting out, and it was all jolly. <laughs> I like him. He yeah. and then he left. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> that I, was fun. I actually think he's very entertaining as a comedy character. You are Pangdango. I know you. You Pangdango. He's actually, remember the Kali kiss cam and all that or oh whatever? Oh my god, he's great, yeah. Uh, and anytime he talks, they know that he can't talk. Yeah, but they, so they play, play it, it up. For comedy. They totally play it up. Those were good times. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the chop, though, Quinn, it's worse than the sleeper. Another thing about the, the sleeper and the chop mm-hmm. is at least the sleeper has, it's drawn out a bit. There's a bit of psychology to it. Right. It can be used for a big pop or anything like that, or if, it, uh, if it's a heel doing like it. The breaking out. The yeah, it can be used for a comeback right. and all that shit. The yeah. chop is just like so quick and so final, but underwhelmingly so. Yeah. Okay. It's so, like, why did that? <laughs> right. Uh, and I don't think I have to ask you, but is it worse, the chop, than a Canadian Destroyer? Uh, 100% yes. Why is that? Because at least the chop can be done in real life. But I can say this about the Canadian Destroyer. It's just way more entertaining. I'm not as called no sizzle. No, I think the Canadian destroyer is worse. And what? No, no. Yeah, because the the chop is believable. Everything above the Canadian destroyer. You can't keep using this believable shit as like the the reason. Listen to me. The Canadian destroyer, the people's elbow, the cobra, and the battering ram are all not believable. We are talking about the men chop is le- in their is underpants ble- in fake fights. No, Kali wears real pants. True. But still, we're still Where's talking workout real, pants? real workout pants yes. with fake fighting. Don't call it that. That's a that's a slight to the men that rest their bodies doing these moves. Bodies have been battered, I but know. I, I respect them for their entertainment value. And, and they're fake fighting. They're fake fighting. But I think that the chop is more realistic than the Canadian Destroyer. I just do. Fair. It, that but makes also, it better. it's way more devastating when it's landed. Without question. You have to... Like, it's still a pile driver at yeah, the end of the day. There's too many flips going on in the Canadian Destroyer. What does that matter? What it's just a, like extra... How often do you see that in like real life? It's extra flare on top of it. No, it's too much sizzle, not enough steak. Too much... Not enough guts! I think what? there's plenty of steak in this. There's barely a steak. It looks like absolutely horrible when you land it. It like, looks it horrible looks, when they're rotating in the air and cooperating. Yeah, but I always think that that momentum... Why am I keep litigating? You know it's... You know the chop is worse. I don't know that. I want you to tell me why. I'm, I'm, I'm playing the, the advocate chop, here for the chop. Okay, so even... The chop is somehow less devastating because the way Kali does it, you know the other part of this is that he, like... like very like he's like one of those like a Hasbro figure. That, yeah, like, it's like you it, just wind the arm up and then right. it goes down. Yeah, and like, it's but it's always like it's the Hasbro figure that's like the the rubber band inside is sort of worn out. Like wait, rubber band? That's what that's how the the, the action works. There's like a, a not like a regular rubber band. No, like it's a custom. Like, it's like um a custom it, rubber band. It's more like a scrunchy style. Like it's not like very tight. There's women's hair care things in this. It's like a small version of it. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Is there's I think I opened up one of them once and it's really? like 
it's tied around the joint or something. And I think that's how it works. Like where their joint connects. Gotcha. I didn't realize and then that. It's like actually. an internal thing. Yeah. I did not know that. Weird. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a rubber band or something. Okay. That's Johnny Carson I was doing. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I really see, good yeah. impression, right? Yeah. Thank you. Now, the Canadian Destroyer is not, but it's, okay, I'll be fair. The Canadian Destroyer is definitely something that looks different than any of these moves on here. Mm-hmm. The chop is literally just a tall man going, oh. Yeah. And not even in a good way. It's no, very, it's not. like, lazy. There's no build up to it. It's almost like he's going to check his mail and he's just walking along and he's like, ah! And he just chops something. It's almost like, have you, ever been, kid. In, have you ever been in a situation yeah, probably. where, like, either a friend or like you just didn't mean to like you like raise your arm up by accident and you like hit your friend in the face or something like they were like next to you yeah my son does it to me all the time right your son because he's two anybody right right it's kind of like that just intentionally yeah and that's not good yeah but that does annoy you when you get hit by accident so right. imagine and, being intentionally it's hit. annoying but the canadian destroyers it will destroy you it's if terrible. you if you allow someone to do it to right. you the point is, is that you have to allow it's absolutely them to, devastating. You have to flip with them right. and allow this to happen. So maybe it's like a trust move. Like you have to be, you have to get someone in your confidence that you and be like, no, trust you'll me, hurt gonna, them, but you won't kill them. We're going to have fun here. We're just flip with me so I can kill you with this move. Right. Exactly. Right. But the chop, you just boom, done. Yeah. And it's bad. Which one could I more easily do to you right now? If I wanted to the, the chop, that's why it's a better finisher. It's not better. Yes, it is. It stops at number seven. Canadian Destroyer is worse. That's my official verdict. So what you want to say, say? What do you say? So you want to say <laughs> that the chop is better than the people's elbow? Yeah. What? <laughs> How is it worse than the people's elbow? I cannot. What are you talking about? I think the chop, honestly, is at the level of the Cobra. It's the same kind of thing. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If Great Kali put a lumberjack puppet on his arm when he did it would it make it better or worse you think like the brawny man probably better yeah yeah so mm. honestly yeah if he had teamed with santino and they both had sock puppets for their arm finishers how do you feel about the chop at number four and we move the cobra down the chop is worse than the cobra yeah because it has no what? sock puppet obviously that's it's not as it's not as entertaining. But see? I'm still caught up on the Canadian it's Destroyer. Not, it's not. You know it isn't. No, I don't. <laughs> the chops. Both, both the Destroyer and the People's Elbow, the one thing, and this is something you have said already. Never. Is that it's just not like entertaining or anything. The chop, like it's just like whatever. It stinks. Yeah, it's it's, it's really, really at shitty. Least the Elbow and the Destroyer, they have sizzle or whatever you know like yeah I, you have to give them that they're, they're they're entertaining moves to watch i think the chop is a better move than the cobra quinn the chop is yeah I, like see i the cobra's me, a stupid as as move. The move themselves they're kind of like the same so to me it's like well one no. has a sock puppet and one doesn't one's a throat thrust and one's a chop to your head the chop to your head is worse oh, from a very that, tall uh, man you actually huh, i actually disagree with you because i personally like just from like uh where it's hitting you I yeah. feel like it'd be a lot more painful to get hit in the throat than like on the either the head or the shoulder or wherever the fuck he hits you. It's not like the throat just seems awful. But what about like, a seven foot giant chopping you over the top of the head with a big tree trunk? Yeah, that's but gonna hurt. But it's gonna hurt. It's just like a bucket landing on your head. Do you like want a, that? We can arrange that right now, live on the air. Yeah, but I'd rather it not be <laughs> like someone's like sharp nails going into my throat. Well, who said anything about nails? He's got a puppet on. 
You can still sometimes no, that's if he doesn't cut his nails puncture proof that, material, that week, Quinn. No, that's not. That's... If he doesn't, maybe he didn't use the clippers that week, and could be horrible. So the people's elbow, though, you think the chop is worse than the people's elbow? Yes, one hundred percent worse. Why? Because it get, it's just it's not fun to watch. I just it you're going to entertain no argument about this, are you? You're I just going to be like, no. I, I, I think it's right next to the cobra, and that's that. You're just going to hand wave me out of here. Yeah, because it's just I just I don't see it. At all, I don't like this. I can give I, you that. I can fight. give you that. The Cobra's worse. Thank you very much. I can much. give that to you. Put the fucking but I think on it's very like. I think it's very subjective. Honestly, but like I don't really. I think subjectivity it, has no place in this ranking, Quinn. This is very important and very, very scientific. I feel like it's like an any given Sunday kind of situation with the Cobra and the Big Chop. Well, today's Monday, so let's yeah. put the, okay. <laughs> the Big Chop at number five. Sure, but barely. If it was Tuesday, maybe the Cobra would have won. That's the thing. We don't know. But on Mondays, we give it we, the chop. We give the chop the nod. Okay. okay. So that will put the big chop at number five. It'll shift everything else down. And now, finally, the pedigree. The, okay. The leg drop is number nine, which so, means it's the best of the worst. Personally, I think there's actual competition between the pedigree and the leg drop, of which yeah. is worse, because the... This is the problem, is that, like, <laughs> both are good. Yeah, they are. So, but the leg then it not literally comes down to, like... Who do you like better? No, like, I don't I, think so. Are you sure? Yeah, because I think there's one thing that we need to, to get into here. Innovation and generic usage. The leg drop, if not done by Hulk Hogan, is a regular fucking transitional move, practically. Other people dropped legs in wrestling before and after him. Well, I mean, even people had a leg drop as their finisher. I know we didn't talk about this, but you know Fandango's finisher was a leg drop on the top <laughs> Yes, rope. yes, yes. Like, well, the Alabama jam and all that yeah, stuff, right? yeah. Yokozuna dropped a very nice big fat leg drop, but it wasn't usually his finisher. Usually did it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Turkey leg, you That's know? true. Yeah, why is it? That's always in the Survivor Series 93 promo, I right? I always remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get yourself. Like, look, it lo- he looks like a big turkey <laughs> leg. <laughs> he does. Whereas the pedigree, to the WWF audience anyway, and again, if you know where it was used prior, prominently, if anywhere, let me know. Probably Japan or Mexico, maybe, if anywhere. The pedigree was very innovative to the WWF audience. That's true. And still remained a very protected move. It's just weird to think that the leg drop, just because it's associated with Hogan, would be worse than the pedigree. But I don't think we can't do... I know. You know what I mean? Because And and the reason for that is, it is tough, but Hogan's move already looked outdated by the 80s. I mean, in all seriousness, considering the other finisher... And think of the other finishers. How about this, Quinn? This is a fair way to do it. Think of some of the other finishers during the tail end of Hogan's run in, in the 80s. Right. Randy Savage's flying elbow. Mm-hmm. Jake Roberts' DDT, which even that is starting to push it by the by the early 90s, but it was still over. Ultimate Warrior's big splash, the rude awakening. Is Warrior's move, like, technically the the hold them up thing, though? Not it's the that splash. and then the splash. Right. It's like a combo move. I always thought yeah. that was weird. Like, I was like, what is the finisher? Is it is it the... It's both. The gorilla press part, or is it the splash? I think it's both, but the yeah. splash is the last thing that he does. Right. Uh, and then as you get in the 90s, during the end of Hogan's WWF run, you got moves like the uh, Tombstone pile driver, the Sharpshooter, which was cool. Looking. I'm talking just innovation, looking different, you know? And then the pedigree was also when Hogan was... In WCW, out, yeah. yeah, right, right. As a move, just visually, I think the pedigree is cooler. I agree. And I think that it would hurt more. I'm there with you. And I think that it's a better finishing move. Okay, I'll give it to you. Number 10, the pedigree. I, I yeah. don't think it's... I think it's pretty good. I probably... I don't know if it'd be a top 10, but it might be close for me. 
personally. You know, it didn't get voted into the rankings. So. It didn't make it, it to the top it to the 10. It flush for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't think I'd consider it an all-time finisher, but I think it's... Maybe I would. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I still think the leg drop and the pedigree are the, like, odd men in this list completely. And I don't even know personally, though, if I would have even put the sleeper in there if I were doing, like, if I were doing a bottom 10... Right. I don't even know if I'd put the sleeper in mine, but I think we can go ahead and put the leave the pedigree at number ten. I think that's where it belongs. If you're okay with that, yep, I'm cool with it. All right, so we're this is now, folks. I know we started the show off on a very serious note about the current state of wrestling. Right, I know that we were talking about the internet, but this is the stuff that really matters. When this is stuff that people come to OVP for, we're talking about the worst finishers, and finally we nail it down here. So without any further ado, Quinn, it is the final flush here, the worst finishers of all time and of course let us know yours folks at number one is still the iron claw number two the heart punch three is the battering ram four is the cobra five is the big chop the new entrant for this week big chop six is the people's elbow seven the canadian destroyer eight is the sleeper nine is the leg job which i wouldn't have even put there ten is the pedigree that is the final flush here the top 10 worst finishers of all time let us know what yours are quinn when we come back i hear a little thunder yeah. oh oh i hear something's it happening in paradise we're oh, gonna have boy. to see we're what's gonna, we're gonna going have on. to settle that yeah. <laughs> we're coming up with the thunder in paradise right after this He's charting a course for danger. Let's do it. On a high-tech ride of a lifetime. Thank you. RJ Hurricane Spencer, commando for hire. I'll rip your heart out through your throat. Ow. Get ready for the hottest hour under the sun. Terry Hulk Hogan, Chris Lemon, and Carol Alt. See you in paradise. (laughs) Thunder in paradise. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 150. 153 years, Quinn, is a long time. 150 years. 150 years. Yes, a century and a half. Tricentennial. Dentennial. It's a dentennial. Dentennial? <laughs> yes, it's okay. dentine ice. Quinn, there's podcasts that aren't us. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought this was the only 150-year-old no, no. podcast around. There's other podcasts that are almost as old, or some are older. Let's talk about three of them. The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, W-P-A-N. It's hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the wrestling business. Yep. One of them's a retired referee that is very retired. He's the most retired. Yeah. I, He's never doing it again. Was he ever a ref? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike Crockett, he it's was, just apparently. a cover story. He's never going to do it again, though. Okay. And he is finally uh, back now with him after all this time. The Wine City Whaler Quinn, what Brian Malonis. Putting out feelers to get an AW or <laughs> he whatever. He was down in the vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> making oh, his one. Oh, oh, that, yeah, definitely. You know yeah, what his I, finisher is? The lateral press. Oh, anyway. Gladys press. <laughs> Gladys press. Yeah. Check out their show. It's really good. It's called The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, W P A N. Just check it out. Trust us. It'll be good. Another one to trust us on, if you like one-man shows... Right. ...and retro wrestling... I like those. ...and just non-sequiturs and digressions. Well, <laughs> they're good. 
<laughs> check out Greetings from Allentown. And also check out, if you like your Raptor Wrestle and Slytherin Coastline Barbecue Sauce, mm-hmm. maybe a touch of Miracle Whip. Yeah, it's, it's whippy, all right. Country fried steak, whatever that I means. I like country fried steak. You would. Actually. It's very good. Biscuits and gravy. Applebee's or which Don't one? Don't bring no, up no, Applebee's. No, no. Chili's had the really good country fried steak, and then they got rid of it. I don't They're know. They're all the same thing. That one was good, though. <laughs> but it, check it out the spices. I, it's very good. Check out the uh, the country fried steak of Retro Wrestling Podcast, where they are south of the Mason, not only Mason, yep. also the Dixon. Yeah, that, that, he was definitely a boxer in Rocky. Shut Mason, up. the line Dixon. The south of that Otis Nixon line. Yeah, Otis. <laughs> Check out Book in the Territory with Mike Mills. There are some other friends of the show since it's finale time that we want to shout out. We don't have all time, all the time here. The sponsors get very upset. But check out our friend uh, Bill Yankovi's That Wrestling Show. I like his uh, Muppets logo. I'd also it's like very to- good. It is. I know. <laughs> I'd also like to shout out the Bottom Line cast. That's Mike Prue. Oh, yeah. Mike Prue. Mike Prue. And our friends over at the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, uh, Steve and Eric over there. Check those guys out as well if you want to. We can't make you do any of this. Right. But we're just telling you. We're not going to make anybody. We, it's fine. You but- don't get a reward for listening. No. From us, at least. Well, Maybe like, We don't get that. paid for any of this yeah. or anything but we check out the other good wrestling podcasts that don't have blue chew ads and aren't hosted by the the monopolizing the empire of podcasts yes, exactly. as i like to call it uh but another thing quinn now we know our show is live right this it's show is the, live it's the most live show on the internet really but, but while we were recording this live show right in between uh some segments here right some time elapsed while we were recording live obviously break yes um, you yeah. know I, I took a sip of uh more coke yep the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view happened while we right. were recording this live. Yeah, well, it was all... Di- I mean, we've been just sitting here for like yeah. three days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to prove our point about the thing that we talked about in the beginning, yeah, I just wanted to quickly state this whole fallout from the Hell in a Cell. Now, look, I didn't watch Hell in a Cell. I did not have any emotional investment. I didn't really watch it either. In Hell in a Cell. But don't you find it very um, emblematic of what we were saying that people want to... Yeah. <laughs> a, a guy lost. Uh, it didn't win a title. Uh, yeah. And yes, the finish is stupid, but the, the Undertaker died multiple times. Like, worse things have happened. There is a midget world under the <laughs> ring in canon, as I always bring up. It's real. Right, right. Someone look got him with a forklift It's on the WWE once. Network. If you didn't cancel it, you can right. go check it out. <laughs> if you didn't cancel it. And do you have to like the finish? No. But you ever realize that maybe it's like not everything is instant gratification? Maybe no. they did that finish because they're going to do something else, but no one is okay with that anymore. It must be everything you want right here, right now, or else I'm done. But they're not really done because I keep watching anyway. Well, they'll never not watch. They never, <laughs> what they is cancel this? for like a day just to like, I don't know, so that it makes a dent on somebody's, I don't know, whoever's in charge of counting how many subscribers there are. They're like, oh, we'll get David Bixen span. I don't know. Who, no, like, not, who no, cares it's, about it's, that? Uh, it's probably some guy at HQ over at WF. Lenny Dixon spam? Yeah. yeah. Uncle Lenny. He's more official. <laughs> it's, anyway, I just thought that was very funny. No, I just wanted it to mention funny. that. Um, I don't know what to say. It's just the it's the most recent spurt of this, but I've noticed that it's starting to get more like loud and proud now that there's AEW. Like They're like, oh, we can we can make them book it the way right. we want now. Yeah. Like, Do you guys realize like it never was booked the way you want? Like, <laughs> ever? Like, that... Yeah, I'm getting sure, upset I'm, about a heel winning or who you don't want to win. I'm sure when part Hulk of wrestling Hogan lost the title because of those refs or whatever. I'm sure that was like what everybody wanted. Like they were just yeah. like that was like every kid who watched the show. They were right. like, you know what? I really want to happen. I want there to be oh. twin refs yeah. and, and Hulk Hogan um, identical yeah, and, and, and million screwed. dollar bills falling out of their pockets. Like I'm sure that's like 
Oh, yeah. I'm sure everyone canceled NBC or whatever <laughs> they did back right. then. They stopped watching wrestling right then right. and there in February yeah. of 88. Right. It never got better after that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm sure people were really thrilled when Ivan Koloff beat Bruno, right. too. And that's not to say that... I, I'm this sure, is a stupid I'm sure finish, that, by I'm the sure way. This, st- this finish isn't it's great dumb. or whatever. It's dumb. But the point is, is that, you know what? It's, it's wrestling! It's a television program. Um, If you didn't like that episode, uh, leave it a bad review on Rotten Tomatoes for individual episodes of shows or something. And, and stop then, watching for a while, too, if you hate it so yeah, much. Yeah, and if you want to watch the next episode, um, feel free to do that. Right, or you um, don't have to. And don't get mad about it. It's not a big deal, it's not really. It's not a big deal. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will win something the next day. I just have kudos on WWE for one thing only. Like, their writing can be very poor. Oh, yeah, Directionless. They're acting very bad. I, and that's... No excusing that. But the fact that they still get people to care enough to even make a stink about it. I think that's kind it, of the, the... It's impressive. part of all of this is because... All these people know it's not real. So WWE's weaved that into the way they do shit. Right. Yeah. I, sometimes they probably just make up dumb finishes just to see what will happen. Like, honestly. Like, because, like, in the grand scheme of things, who gives a shit about Hell in a Cell pay-per-view? No one. Like, it's, it's like... <laughs> it's the, not an important thing. And what it's is not a pay-per-view what anymore. What are we in? What is it the it's equivalent October. to? It'd be gr- uh, bad blood, but that bad, happened once. Yeah. No mercy. No mercy. Yeah, it's like... Honestly, guys. There's stupid... Fi- Austin got pinned by Undertaker and Kane at the height of the Attitude Era, and I hated it, and I kept watching. Yeah, Like, because, bad things happen. Because you want to know if he's going to get it back. If you hate it so much, just don't watch. Anyway, uh, I just felt like we needed to do our due diligence It only there. was necessary this one time. Hey, Beavis and Shithead, nobody asked for this. Go back to talking about the Bushwhackers and fucking Dino Bravo, for cripe's sake. You're also probably wondering who I am. I'm Zira. Sharon is now apparently a premium voice, so you're stuck with me for now, assholes. What other bullshit do we have to talk about here today? <laughs> well, Quinn, let's bring it to um, 1994. Right. Hulk Hogan was still arguably, probably not even arguably, like undisputedly, the biggest name in North American professional wrestling. Biggest name in the game. Absolutely. I think that's, that's how they said it, yep. right? Now, Mr. Bollea had not been seen in the WWF since August of 93 on the European tour. Right. He quietly, I guess, let his contract run out by the end of 93. I think it was around October, November, he was officially not with that, WWF. I think that was a good idea by looking at the um, the state of the World Wrestling Federation in 1993. Yeah, uh, maybe, really. maybe not the best place to stick around if you know you can go to Hollywood and do yeah. other things. And that's exactly what he wanted to do. He had filmed, a, I guess, the pilot for Thunder in Paradise was a made-for-TV movie. Okay. That was the first thing that he did. I, I get that gist from this trash we watched. Yes. Like, this terribleness. He had filmed Mr. Nanny in 1992. It came out at the end of 93. Uh-huh. So he was... Beca- that was his third film. He had done No Holds Barred, Suburban Commando, had Mr. He, Nanny. Had he uh, done anything involving surf ninjas yet? Or is that later? That's when he had it's the a little hair. later in high... Yeah, yeah, that's 97, I think. Okay. Or 96, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. That's like... Oh, yeah, because it's like the third one. The first... Surf Ninjas came out in like 92, or 92 I remember or three, when it, right? I had the VHS. Isn't Ernie Ray is in that? The guy from Kino from That's Turtles 2. That's why I bought the tape. Because no of Kino. Because I was like, does this have anything to do with the Turtles? That's there's, what I used to think as a kid. They're surfing. It's Kino. Who's like, this guy fighting the bad guys? Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to do this full-on welcoming speech for this visiting guru guy, Baba Ram, in assembly second period. Anyway, Hogan. The Hogan fancied himself an actor. I mean, it, not without precedent, by the way. Roddy Piper had semi-successfully done it. I mean, at least, like, he made money doing it, is what I mean. Jesse I mean, the Body. And Jesse the Body, even better. 
Uh, so th- this was not without precedent. Hogan had a, certainly a unique look. He was in Rocky Three, which got him over to begin with. But right? he actually was the first <laughs> yeah. wrestler to go do that. I, I mean, guess not so. the first ever, but no, you no, know no. what I mean. Like, the first to make a big deal about it. Right. So it seemed logical that you would find a vehicle for Hulk Hogan. That vehicle would happen to be a boat. But right. <laughs> well, a- <laughs> there's plenty of vehicles in yeah. this show. It's vehicles yeah. the show. Hey, take your pick. So, Thunder in Paradise, the television series is born. Now, this episode is only the third episode of a one-season-long show. It, it wasn't like on it's long. it's still in labor, honestly. <laughs> the premise of Thunder in Paradise, it's kind of like if you take Knight Rider and put it on the water, but it's also part Baywatch, I guess, is the yeah, only way I can describe I, it. I think that's a good way to sum right? it up. To be, I, I have nothing to add, because, I mean, honestly, that's... That's what it is, isn't it? It's what it is. I mean, it's, it's also got a little bit of, like, it's trying to be Miami Vice... Slightly, like, did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, that's like, what, uh, Hawaii Five O. If you're really it because they had a higher budget, because it was a TV movie, you can tell that some of it's trying to be a little more cinematic at points. Yeah, failing which, but trying. Failing but tr- yes. <laughs> so, uh, in continuing with our theme of for our finales, we like to find things outside of regular wrestling generally mm-hmm. that usually feature for our own humor and hopefully yours as well. Wrestlers acting. Joe and Quinn now for OVP one fifty here. We present to you. Thunder in Paradise, episode number three, Tug of War. I don't want to say it's an OVP presentation, first of all. <laughs> you don't want our name on that. Second of all, this title feels like WBF, but like in WCW. <laughs> like, why are we talking about more Tug of Wars? <laughs> Haven't we had enough of that with Cameo and all this bullshit? There's a lot of Tug of Wars. <sighs> uh, the air date on this, this is someone's fool. April 1st, 1994. <laughs> well, I mean, the quality. <laughs> Maybe that was why it was so shitty. Maybe the next episode's better. <laughs> Incidentally, Quinn, this is the same day of Bingo Break. Oh, really? <laughs> that we reviewed oh. with Mooney, yeah. I wonder uh, which one got the better ratings. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you which show is better. It's probably this. That's Bingo debatable. Bingo Break was bad. Anyway, we open with the boat, which is, um, you know, named Thunder. Lots of shots of the boat. Just Thunder it's like boat. boat porn. I, way too much nautical stuff. Very naughty I, boy. I, Very nautical boy. It's so, like, Florida. I hate it. It's very Florida, but yeah. not even good Florida. No. Like Skinner, Florida. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Shawn then, Michaels, Florida. <laughs> and then uh, we get Terry the Hulk, Terry Hulk Hogan. That's right. how he's credited. That's his name. <laughs> Running away from an explosion here in the credits. Uh, the music, Quinn, is very imitation Baywatch. It's awful. The logo's even worse. It reminds me of that weird bumper with a three-eyed monkey where it's like, Hi, I'm Paul. Ha! Like, you remember that? I hated that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul. Uh, uh, more explosions, more women running in the credits here. It's like the same three things. Girls, action, and boats. Like, the whole damn intro is this. It's just like Florida itself. Right. Uh, we see a nice clip of Hogan with a gun. <laughs> and we get Nick Arcade-style computer <laughs> graphics that send, like, the boat in stealth. It's like a laser it's or horrible. something. Like, they later touch on, but, like, it says, like, stealth on a computer screen, right? And then you just see, like, a beam or <laughs> it something. It looks like, terrible. It's really bad. Chris Lemon is <laughs> when life gives you lemons. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's the other co-star for and Hogan. He's like the shitty Sting, which always like confused me about this show. What do you mean? As a kid, I thought he was Sting a lot of times. Like when the I was musician like, or the the wrestler, the wrestler, because oh. it's Hulk Hogan. And but he this, looks like the musician. The thing is, I saw this show more when it was in reruns in '95. This like, made it to reruns. Oh yes. You don't remember this? No, I was I on mostly, UPN or something. No, no, no. It was on TBS when Saturday uh, Night was on. Like, yeah, like oh, it was like because of Turner. Yeah, yeah, it sense. was like on around that. The they only would sh- person they would, that would show this. Yeah, shit. they would show replays of it for like two years. I swear it stopped around like an, 
like the when NWO. Nitro and, and yeah, all, <laughs> like they stopped showing repeats of it. But I remember distinctly wondering if this had anything to do with like Bash at the Beach or something. Like I'm not kidding. I don't blame you. Yeah, uh, Carol Alt is the token, cool. you know, attractive lady in this. Yeah, I don't know. Love interest. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Lots more guns. Some old guy is named Patrick McNee. He plays Edward Whitaker in the show, in case you're wondering. By the way, what is this, like, Walker, Texas Rangers? They gotta have, like, the old man. <laughs> like, like, that's another, like, weird influence it's weird here. Trope. It's, like, very walkery. There's a yeah. kid, there's an old man. Walker had been on already, right? Yeah. 93, I think it started. There uh, is an old man in Walker, right? There isn't, like, CD. I don't, the I bar know, guy. Yeah. I didn't the guy that owns the bar, he right. got the mustache well, and the this fluffy. Guy owns something. He owns, you know, a hotel. Why, uh, when you're old, you always own something in a show? Because you're old way. enough to own it. It's, I guess just experience. Right? This guy looks like Vince McMahon Senior, by the way. <laughs> uh, these are very long credits. Yes. Why? Why? No, they are very. They're <laughs> it's extremely like three long. minutes. It's, it's really, really long. <laughs> I swear. Finally, we open with a shot of a bandana tied to a rope. I hate everything already, Joe. <laughs> just. The initial sight of this is horrible. <laughs> Why do they? Oh, like, how do they not know? Like, seriously. Apparently, there's a literal tug of war going on mm-hmm. where, and I can't make this up, Jim Neidhart, big WW employee <laughs> over here, is leading one of the teams with Brutus Beefcake as its anchor. Well, of course Brutus is there. Also, <laughs> Neidhart. Did he decide he'd also be an actor like Brett? Like he saw, like, you know, he's doing Ro- Lonesome Tub. You know, I told Jim, I, t- I said, you know, uh, uh, Hulk's got a show down there in Tampa, well, where you're contact from. the Commandant? Yeah, <laughs> baby! <laughs> did the Commandant get him this part? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you know he doesn't come in the picture connected. yet. I'm sorry. Uh, on the other side of this tug of war here, the Hawker himself is heading up a team where his daughter is cheering him on. Anvil cackles the whole time. Did I mention I hate this? You might have. Yeah. Uh, Hogan asks for his daughter's help here. She's she's got like <laughs> pudding hair. I can't. <laughs> I it looks terrible. It it's looks like a bowl li- of jello. It's like it's like a little girl got the little boy chair? haircut. It's like a little girl got the electric chair. Yeah. Hogan struggles against the Anvil's team and finally gets the win as Anvil's team falls into the dirty pit. I gave it a star and a half. That's, uh, I, I <laughs> wasn't agree. very good. Yeah. Uh, very muddy Jim Neidhart decides to throw a lady into this mud pit for fun and everyone's laughing and having a good time. Around, yeah, like, I wonder if, because the women jump in, you know, yeah. like, I wonder if in real life everyone, a little horse play there. Probably. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I would. It's like you're on a beach, you're, yeah, having, you're having fun, fun. they paying you to yeah. be there, like, why the hell not? Yeah. I also think I just saw Jimmy Hart Oh, Quinn, he's there! Because, of course, Jimmy Hart, of course. Well, yeah, Hulkster, you're number one, baby! <laughs> Which is the ass sniffer era. <laughs> he's so Why bad. in real life he was he always up his sunglasses on? Yes, yeah, so he, he looks old. feels like he can get away with that here. <laughs> I Like, can't they just send him to that beach house to go make music or whatever? Why does he need to be here? <laughs> You know what I mean? What, the, from Global Warfare? He's yeah, like, the Coliseum. Baby, baby. Yeah. And then they showed, like, his house is on the beach in Florida or whatever. Yeah, it's real. <sighs> I was a singer in the Gentries. Man, we had a million dollar call. Keep on dancing. Back in 1960. Woo! Close up of the building, I guess, a hotel where the old guy, Edward, remember Vince Sr., he hands some dork in envelope. Now, I swear, Joe, they're in the resort. That was that weird couple of episodes of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> like, remember when Zach was, like, dating the girl from K- 
King of Queens Leo or whatever. Ramini. Yeah, uh, yeah Stacy uh, Caruso. Right, and they worked at there. Malibu the, Sands. The, yeah, the fat guy with the high socks Sabe- on it. Sabello, yeah, 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 of course. And, and you know, like, the rest of them work there. Isn't minus the- Kelly, because they already had a love interest to be there. Yeah, but Kelly's there on the, that run. Which one's missing? Somebody's They're all mi- there. One girl is missing because they have too many. Lisa? Is that it? One of the... Oh, they, yeah. The Lisa's- Saber the, the Bell used to do this because I think they wouldn't... They wanted to have three guys and three girls, and they also didn't want to just pay for an extra actress. So they would like if a girl replaced one girl, like that one season where the biker girl replaced Tori. Yeah, like she was a composite character. For don't let's not worry about that. But what I mean by that, Lisa's there. Her dad owns it. That's why they're there. Does he own the membership? Yeah, that's he owns something. Lisa's in them, but she doesn't have to work at Malibu Sands. Right, she's in some of the episodes. The Turtle Sands over there. The big thing I remember is the volleyball game at the end of that, where they like faced the shitty team. The end of the season, but it's like six episodes or something. Right in the middle of the summer. Yo, dickheads! I thought you were reviewing Thunder in Paradise, not Saved by the Balls. Stop dicking around. Also, I'm back, bitches. Let's go back to Hogan now and his daughter celebrating their big tug-of-war victory. And I'd like to clarify here that uh, Hogan's name on the show is Randolph Hurricane Spencer, but we're probably just going to wind up calling him Hogan. Oh, yeah. I, I just called him Hogan. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know his name. And uh, his partner, this is real, is Martin Brew, Brewbaker. So I guess Hogan <laughs> wanted a name similar to Brutus. His partner's that, name is Brew. Do you think that... I don't know. Do you Brew! Think maybe, Wait, did I didn't see the credits. Is this possibly his real name? And they just were like, why not? Because no. they don't give a shit in the show. No. No? Chris Lemon. Chris Lemon. What? Was he on anything else? I no. Would guy. anyone on this be on anything else? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, probably the old guy is like some like retired <laughs> yeah, actor yeah. from like the golden age said, of Hollywood. He's got like Golden nothing. age of radio. He probably lives in Florida and like they're like, oh, he lives around here. Yeah. Let's ask Can him. we get him? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, sure, kids. Back like, when you used to go down to your corner Nickelodeon and yeah. watch a five, exactly. five like, dime. This guy is old enough to have started on like vaudeville. Like, <laughs> if it's the 90s. I'm not kidding. Like, seriously. <laughs> old enough to have been in the Civil War. Yeah. Anyway, let's cut now to brew eating lunch with an older officer as he tries to negotiate some deal involving thunder or something. They make terrible jokes and, like, uh, they make a deal over shrimp. Yeah, it was shrimp. Like, it's fucking awful. You gotta learn to relax. Here, try some more fish. Get that fish bait out of here. Do we have a deal? Okay, brew baker. Uh, they shake hands and agree that 10 a.m. tomorrow, Brew and Hogan are going to be there. He then tells this officer about Hogan, how Hogan's wife died in England. And what? then he, he does some more helpful exposition here about Hogan's wife's uncle having a tug of war themselves. And we don't know what anything means Is yet. any of this, like, what I do wonder, did all of this happen in the TV movie or something? Like, Hogan's wife, like, explodes on a boat or something. You know what I mean. I like, don't know what you mean. Just some crap. I bet you that's real. Was Bubba the Love Sponge yeah. there to watch? Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the old man again, Vince Sr., where Hogan storms in <laughs> wearing a very blue Gold's Gym tank top and a black band Antenna. five minutes in and i'm like in awe of the shittiness like Poor. this building you're really mad about it it looks like a fucking mall not a hotel it's like enormous it is a very very large uh, hotel did you notice that? yes i was confused as to what it was like why would you need all that like empty space for a hotel wouldn't it? you usually want to fit rooms in that yeah like, that it's like grand it, central yeah it was really big right and uh-huh. like i'm just like not to mention, I don't know, Hogan in like short shorts I don't like and that. like this fake British guy. It just, <laughs> and he's wearing all white and it's like, oh, look, he's rich. 
because he's got an English accent and he owns a hotel. Well, that's true. I don't know. Like they they try way too hard with the he's rich thing. A little over the head. Yeah, it's yeah. it's stupid. He's apparently that uncle that we were thinking of. So the, that the old guy now we know is Hogan's dead wife's uncle. Okay, so he's like his uncle in law. Uncle in law, and he doesn't like the Hulker. But to be fair, no one really did in '94 anyway. Really annoying. He's just yeah, I mean, exactly. Look at him in this scene alone. His straw colored hair. Yeah. I'd like mixed flowers as opposed to white. Do you want to know what you can do with this? Get this to the concierge. I think at one point, I don't know if I have it. You call them like he's in Mister Nanny mode. Oh, very. But the very. hair length oh, and everything. Yeah, the length is. It- <laughs> Especially because he's, like, raising a little girl. Like, I'm half expecting him to, like, wear a tutu, tutu yeah. like, halfway through it. You know <laughs> you know how he is during this period. Yeah, but I do want to say Hogan's acting is absolutely superb if he were five years old. The only reason you're appointed just as legal guardian and owner of this hotel is because Megan didn't have a will. He just woodenly yells about how... We were family, and then threatens to throw zombie Vince Senior here over the balcony. Really rational <laughs> yeah, thinking. Here. Normal. Uh, meanwhile, we learn that this kid is Hogan's stepdaughter, but he wants to adopt her. So it's not his actual daughter; it was his wife's daughter. Have I mentioned yet how this is all bad? This is so confusing. On top of it, Joe, because what happened? I thought he was married to the lady, right? Yeah, making his stepdaughter. Sure. Does her real father exist? Why? Where know. the hell is he? Oh, we only know about the rich uncle wearing white. Zombie Vince Sr. So many, Too many things. Third party people like involved in this little girl's life. I like, know. It's really weird. And all they need to do is get her a better haircut and everything yeah. will be okay. I, I think that would have helped. It would have helped. Yeah. Vince Sr. here says that he is actually Jessica's legal guardian. So this shit is never happening again. He says that she's going to go to England to live with her auntie. There's no way she's moving to England. In England, she'll go to a school in Oxfordshire. She'll be with her auntie and her uncle and part of a real family. <laughs> this scene is absurd. <laughs> like, it just progressively gets worse. It's like a bad people's court. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> the Wapner era. Yeah. Uh, Hogan in his short shorts <laughs> back the old man near the balcony, and the Hulker yells about how I love Jessica, brother. But Edward here, the old man, he doesn't care. He doesn't want her living with Hulk and Brood High here because it's dangerous. Well, fair point, old. Like, he seriously, like, you. he says, like, you guys, like, fight crime yeah, for right. a living and shit. Like, it's fucking dangerous. Why, like, the courts say that I'm the guardian. Like, why would I leave a nine-year-old with you? Like, that's not a good idea it's a in good general. Point. Like, he's not being an, a dick. He's just being, like, a responsible parent. Right. But then Hogan's like, don't worry. I'm going to discuss it with her. And Ed is like, she's nine. Right. <laughs> Old again with the other good point. I'll discuss it with Jessica. It'll be her decision. If you're her father, as you say, then you make the adult decision. Not leave it up to the emotions of a nine-year-old child. How stupid does Hulk Hogan have to be to let, like, a nine-year-old decide her entire future? Like, Listen, I know in TV shows they're like, let the kid decide. But no. That, it's like, not usually that. You have a kid. Would you let your kid decide, like, his future? Well, he's two, but like, no. Like, yeah, I don't even let him decide if he's going to eat uh, eat certain right, things. Right, exactly. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> now, reminder, by the way, Hulk Hogan is the guy that used to throw Sherry Martell around. Right. So yeah, I don't blame real. 
Yeah. I don't blame old man here for not maybe trusting old him. Old man is totally in the right. I hate to say it. But <laughs> Even he though is, he's not supposed he's to be. He's all snooty and stuff, but he's like absolutely 100% correct about all of this. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, well, because he hasn't proven himself to be a bad guy. Maybe when I was he's nine pompous. years old, I would have sided with the Hulker because, like, he's like, oh, let the kid decide. Because every kid wants yeah. to decide. Like, I want to decide what was for dinner every right, night. Right, of but, course. You know, what would you have had? Probably, like, kid cuisine or some shit that now, was, like, awful. Now, which kind did you like the most? Because I love the uh, the little chicken nuggets. The nuggets, yeah. yeah. The penguin on it or whatever. The penguin, yeah, and they had the, the little pudding. brownie or yeah, pudding, yeah. right? And sometimes it was, like, this hot apples, which I didn't like so much. I'm okay with that. I like it in my healthy choice to this day when they, they make it in there. You doing the healthy choice, though? Oh, sometimes, yeah. But actually, I usually get Marie Callender's lately. She's good. She's on top of her She shit. makes a good chicken parm. But she doesn't... You know what I don't like about Marie? She doesn't include any um dessert for some weird reason. Only the healthy <laughs> choice folks at their kitchen, they decide to include a dessert. Ironically, because yeah. it's the healthy choice. Well, I think they want you to make feel better about eating the, like... Crappy. The crappy, yeah. <laughs> like, the only, like, half a portion of fucking green beans. Is that what it is? In, like, it's like, water. It's just like a yeah. scoop of green beans. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot less. <laughs> so Hogan now gets all sad as we fade to the water where Thunder is just hanging out on the water. God, you look like such a big idiot. <laughs> all yeah. through that. Down like to the end. Big dummy. Uh, Hogan and Brew are in the cockpit of Thunder talking about the whole Jessica situation here. As we get our first actual brother from Hogan, mm-hmm. uh, Brew is very adamant that Jessica stays with them instead of going to England. This guy. <laughs> like, this guy's what is a he? fucking idiot. Yeah, he like, stinks he's, too. He's just like... He's not even better. It's, he's like literally... You know how like Todd eggs on Doc, Doc to, to be, be dumber? dumber? This is like Brew eggs on Hulk to be stupider. You're like right. the whole fucking episode. Yeah, he's too. terrible. He's a horrible friend. <laughs> he's terrible, right? <laughs> yeah. He never gives him any good advice. Like ever. He wears stupid clothes. Oh my god. Megan didn't like my influence on Jess anyway. She probably wanted her daughter to be raised the way some aunt and uncle in England would raise her. Except she's your daughter now, Spence. And mine. Sort of. The acting here, by the way, is fucking crap. <laughs> it's shit. Like, it makes Baywatch look like Citizen Kane. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it's a true statement. At one point, Hogan just blurts out, what are we doing here anyway? And that's exactly what I'm wondering at this point in the show. <laughs> like, he does blurt this out. I yeah. feel like that's a good soundbite, like, that we should have. Like, what are we even doing here yeah, anyway? Right. Like, it's he, true. He, he just, because there's also an awkward pause before that. They're, like, talking about Jessica, and then they both, like, kind of, like, look down at their stuff and they're yeah. just, like all sad and then Hulk just says what are we even doing here anyway <laughs> what are we doing here anyway now apparently though their whole thing today they have to test out this new stealth capability of Thunder so, so they're gonna do yeah, that and this whole command center it's like overly computy duty <laughs> why and why do they need like a TV to drive a fucking boat? <laughs> is, there, is that like really necessary? Yeah, like, it's they, not a submarine. Can they just look out a fucking window? Like, I thought it's stealth. No one can see them. What's the big deal if there's a window? Honestly. <laughs> it's not a submarine anyway. <laughs> they're acting like yeah, it is. Yeah, they are. They're acting like they're under the sea. It's something. a regular boat. It's like sonar all over. The, like, what the fuck? We get some fancy computer duty graphics. Stealth ROC comes on the screen. Power charging. Stealth engaged. <laughs> God, and the computer voice that talks is all shitty. Like, I wanted to turn the show off right here. There's, like, terrible audio drop, like, of, like, serious music. Like, immediately when the sidekick stops speaking. It's horrible. Like, it's a whole bad joke. It's really like, poorly produced. Like, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> Hard stop, and Hulk's like, let's do something. But you know what I mean? I know like, what you it's mean. Like, Lock and load, brother. Never know. Starting our own scene. 
engage stealth on my mark. Three, two, one, mark. Meanwhile now, on a regular boat, you know, not Thunder, that same officer that we saw earlier having the shrimp. Was that with the same? Proof? This yeah. guy looked older. Well, he doesn't I, have a hat on now. They never did. They ever He's say not wearing it was a the hat? Same no, okay. but I use my eyes. Okay, <laughs> he just doesn't have a hat. Right. Uh, hats make a difference, as we talked about in Rushmore. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah, hats. definitely. So he's checking his watch while he's booting up a floppy disk <laughs> that tests the stealth or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, 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 emerging, because of course, to the surface of the water <laughs> so is Sting in scuba gear. You mean scuba sting? Yes. So fucking bad. And he makes the most melodramatic face towards Hogan's boat before going back under. Meanwhile, the officer guy is testing the uh, stealth or whatever the hell he's doing. I don't know what this is. I don't know either. No one knows, right? Sting is like some thing in a globe like spinning and he's like putting a disc in it i don't know what it is they never say what it is either they're just like we need to get it we need to do this we need it but of course scuba sting here attaches a bomb to the bottom of their boat and then he gleefully spin swims away and this bomb only has a minute and 25 seconds on it so we cut to thunder which is charging merrily along as there are now 49 seconds left on the bomb and hogan and brew are getting closer and closer to that other test boat with the Spinny floppy yeah, guy. Yeah, and they also comment, they're like, oh, they're going to be really surprised when we stealth sneak up on them. And yeah. I'm like, I don't get the point of this test. What are test. they doing? Like, yeah. Is this supposed to test if this thing can detect it? I don't know. Yeah, I think so, like, right? But why? Well, because the government. Oh, okay, whatever. For reasons, I guess. Was there weather balloons, too? Yeah, weather balloons. 15 seconds. Nine. Five. Two. One. <laughs> That's how skip- we all count. <laughs> That's what it shows. Around. And boom goes the dynamite. The boat blows up. And it looks so dumpy. It looks like an explosion in, like, Batman from the 60s. Like, it's more like a bunch of smoke. There's no, like, fire it's to poor. it. I think yeah. that's why... It, and they, you, like, clearly see them jumping out of it. Yeah. Like, it's bad. <laughs> it, it is. It was really poor. Uh, Hogan and Brewer are like, oh, damn, man. Damn, man. Uh, meanwhile, the people on the boat, yeah, they're okay. But they're in the water, and Thunder is racing towards them. Meanwhile, the officer swims over to the computer, pulls out the floppy in time, before we see this weird-ass shot of the computer falling to the ocean like it's the damn Titanic. <laughs> Incidentally, this is what Hogan said would happen to WrestleMania 4 to his opponents, Quinn. Remember, they'd fall oh, to the yeah. ocean floor. Oh, yeah. Here we go. The prophecy fulfilled, right? And he'd pin them. Because if he didn't get disqualified, I mean... <laughs> they would have been sinking. <laughs> this, is, this is what would have happened. Cut to Hogan and Bruce house now, where Hogan... <laughs> Hogan is dressed like Don Ho. <laughs> this is basically everything I hate about mid-90s Hogan and WCW. We're like 12 minutes into this show. Like, it's 40 minutes. It's incredibly bad. Too much bad clothing by Hulk. Too much boats. Too much Jessica. Too much sidekick. Too many wrestling tie-ins. It's unbelievable. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to watch this. It is a terrible it's so show. Bad. It's really bad, and We're folks. not even that deep into it. Like, I swear to you, Joe, I went, like, got, like, a cup of yogurt. I, like, paused it. I, like, I ate. Like, I was kind of, like, and I'm just looking at, like, a pause screen of Hulk acting dumb, and I'm just, like, I just don't even want to hit play. I like, don't blame you, like, though. It's bad. What's going on on the internet? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. Like, the, the kind of things you do when you don't want to watch something. Yeah, I know, Quinn. Brew is in the kitchen, and apparently uh, Brody, who I'm imagining is the officer, wants to meet them somewhere tomorrow before anybody else does. So Hogan hands uh, Brew here the floppy mm-hmm. as they're speculating who could have possibly pulled off this shit, and they agree, Quinn. They know it must have been 
Hammerhead, who is a traitor that was a former Navy Why SEAL. Like, how did they even know that? Like, first of all, even, I have no idea. They, they didn't even see him. Second of all, Hogan wants to literally kill him. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, a child enters the room as he say, like, great parenting. Yeah, maybe old man was right. Old man is 100. Like, right when, like, he spoke to him that day. Was yes, like, he had a hey, talking man, to. it's dangerous for this child to live with you. And Hogan's he, like, no, brother. And then he's like, brother, I'm going to fucking kill this fucker as she like, walks as in she's like hi like, it's, like, <laughs> it's real i hope it's hammerhead that way i can reach down his throat and rip his lungs out ouch hi hey mom uh jessica comes home yes and bruce says that hogan's got to talk to her about this whole england thing by the way she comes home like where was she they live School? on the yeah they live on the fucking edge of the woods like near the water like, where is she walking from? She went to school with uh, Hansel and Gretel. I don't like, know. Like, did you see where the location was? Yeah. Like, I was just, they're, like, on the water. Like, literally on it. Like, that, and there was, like, woods behind them. So, like, where did she come from? Maybe on the other side of the woods is a school. Did they drive her on her own personal yacht because she's rich? Maybe. Uh, but anyway, Bruce says, you know, Hogan's got to talk to her about this whole England shit. Again, she's literally a child. They really want to, like, leave it up to her. Are they serious? Because yeah, of course she's going to be like, I stay with you. But they still didn't even say if her like real dad is around. No, we have no idea who that they, is. They, they didn't even address that. If it was Vince Russo writing us, her real dad would be Sting. Right. Oh, hey, that would be a good twist. <laughs> be that would actually make this more interesting. <laughs> I know. Like if he like stole Jessica in the middle and he was like, by the way, Jessica, I'm your real dad. And then she like turns on Hulk because he's such, he's terrible. That'd be Russo anyway, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they saw it on GTV. Like Sting cackles as he's like, Jessica, she was with me all along. <laughs> it's a 7.2 rating. Yeah. Fade to Hogan now and Jessica's sitting in their room calmly, uh, the living room. Hogan starts to talk about this whole England thing, but he wusses out. Uh, Jessica wants to come with them tomorrow instead of going to school because school is boring. Well, no shit. Brew wants Hogan, though, to use this little heart-to-heart as an opportunity to once again talk about the England shit. So Hogan actually brings it up now, and he talks about how there's uh, lakes and there's ponds, and it's a great school over there, mm-hmm. but it's in England. And of course, Jessica gets all upset. Now, if I were her, I'd be more upset that I have hair like 1965 George Harrison. Well. But nevertheless. Well, here's the thing. Is this is like the most predictable reaction. Yeah. Again, this is why you don't trust right. a kid to make a decision about their future. Right. It's like, that's stinky. I don't like it. Basically, she just like storms up. Yeah, her opinion on moving to England is the same as it is on most kids' opinions of broccoli. Yeah, you know? they didn't even like tell her any details. In fact, they did tell her details. She's like, "I hate school. It's so boring because I'm smart." And they're like, "Well, you could like go to an, a better school, and they'll challenge you. Yeah. if you won't be bored." And she's like, "It's in England. That stinks." You know? like, oh God! She, she runs to her room like she's Michelle Tanner. Yep. We got upstairs to Jessica's room where she dives onto the bed all upset. And I'm like, what is this fucking full house? <laughs> yeah, I like, seriously. Well, Danny Tanner Hogan here comes in afterwards and you know what? Man, this is skullet long, by the way. You can really see how long it is <laughs> this here. This is what I mean about this time oh. period. Like, I, it's just way more elaborate. His I don't hair, know. Like, it's like his hair's up, off-putting. It's like higher up the back when he goes NWO and I don't understand. Like, there's some modification he does to it where it's less annoying. Or maybe it's just because he wears a do-rag all the time. I think that's why. It's awful here. But he says he just wants to do the best thing ever for her. And he says this with all the conviction of an extra in an antacid commercial. I know how much you miss your mom, Jess. Rolade spells relief. I know. But he says the best thing for her would be to go to England. So Hogan's finally realized this, thankfully. But when she resists, he's like, nah. I'm just testing the waters. Ugh, like, what a pushover. She easily squashed him, too. A star and a half. <laughs> so we get a shot of Thunder. 
uh, where Brew and Hogan are getting ready. Uh, right. Hogan's in full scuba gear. Brew's staying in the cockpit. Real safe parents here. Very safe. Um, Hogan heads out with sonar, I don't know, radar <laughs> gun. Maybe it's a super soaker. As Brew is asking the computer to identify an incoming vessel, the computer is apparently played by nails. <laughs> this is Brew 1327. Voice activate and identify approaching vessel. Class CA1, armament diversion, code name Falcon. Does vessel have armaments? Affirmative. Carry load identified. Boss man! This vessel, though, has a warhead missile, and his nails is rambling on and on. Jessica walks in and scares the crap out of Brew. So she snuck onto the boat. Again, great parenting. Yeah. Like, how did she get there? Old man is right about all this. He's totally right. Like, his point has been proven, like, three times since he said it, and he hasn't even seen it been proven. <laughs> right, he doesn't even like, know. Like, he didn't even, like, he's not even, like, inspecting them, like, <laughs> watching over. Like, honestly, if I'm this old man, I'd be, like, very concerned. And, and, like, Jessica comes to see her, like, grandpa or whatever he is. Yeah. And she tells him about this shit. And he, wouldn't he be like... What the fuck? Yeah. Like, like why am I leaving my niece with these people? With like, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, while they, like, fight crime. <laughs> He's got a point. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Hogan's just swimming around trying to find that computer that sank like the Titanic. But we get a shot of a very evil sting. Up on his very evil speedboat. <laughs> It's like a more evil version of the thing. I it's swear. Real. It's got like a fuck Jerry symbol on the side of it. It's awful. <laughs> so Bruce straps Jessica into his seat and he gets up to handle this with Hogan. The music is absolutely hideous. Very by the bad. Way. It's very poor. And then we get a very dramatic shot of Sting with very fancy binoculars as he zooms in on Hogan's boat and he says, Welcome to my nightmare. Who is he? Like Alice Cooper? What is that comment? <laughs> nightmare music. <laughs> like he's so, like I don't understand. What even is Sting? He has like three lines in the whole, th- I think that's like the They're only all thing good, though. he ever says, is it? And, and something like, give me the key. Give me like, back my son. I yeah. don't know. R.J. Spencer. Welcome to my nightmare. He doesn't have face paint, by the way, folks. Oh, no. It's Surfer Sting well, it's still. it's Steve Borden, as yes. the credits said. <laughs> it is Steve Borden. He's not Sting. He's not Sting. Brew radios Hogan, who can somehow respond underwater, to say that Jess is there. So Hogan's like, oh, I'm coming right up, brother. Meanwhile, Brew puts uh, Thunder into <laughs> battle mode as Sting... What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. But Sting gets a rocket launcher and takes aim as we go to commercial. Again, I must note, there's a child on the ship. There's a man shooting a rocket launcher yeah. at it. I'm mean, so... I think the old man's right. Yeah, it's just being proven right again and again. Yep. Uh, But we're back, and Sting has uh, fired that rocket launcher. But Brew uses Thunder's machine gun to destroy it. It's all very normal. Very normal. Very common, you know, family things going on. Of course. Uh, Hogan makes it back with very, very wet hair and takes command of Thunder. I like how he just goes about his business. He doesn't even, like, say a word to Jessica, like, seriously. (laughs) Like, he doesn't, like, at least police her. her. No. Like, and said, like, what are you doing here? This is very bad. You did a bad thing. Like, right. he doesn't even do that. No, he just he gets just, on the boat. Just like, I'm angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you know why? It came crashing down. It hurt inside. Exactly. Yeah. He's got to be a man. Can't let it slide. Uh, Sting now switches tactics and launches a torpedo with a remote as Hogan puts Thunder into hyperspeed to avoid it. It's so fucking late. It's just the boat, like, they hit fast forward on the... I'm not kidding. Like, they show a shot of the boat, and it's just like a VHS fast forward. I'm not joking. And they just remove the squiggles on the bottom with, like, trickery. (laughs) Trickery? Yeah. Uh, So, he... (laughs) So, he's able He's able to avoid it, and that's enough. That, having to go into hyperspeed, is finally what convinces Hogan 
that Jess needs to move to England. <laughs> that, yeah, that, 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 just that. Man, if I, if I didn't have if to that, fast forward. If I didn't have to hit the fast forward button, I would have just let her stay with me and have rocket launchers shot at her and yeah. guns pulled on her and <laughs> play volleyball with wrestlers. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's not good either. Yeah. Cut to Jess packing up her clothes while Hogan is working out in his home gym. Because of course he is. Like, they, they have to fit that in. Yeah, right? you need like those every, muscle shots. I swear, like, everything he's in, like, every episode of anything I bet, like, individual episodes Movies, and shows that yeah. he's in, he always works out at least, like, once in the show. He has to have his so muscle shots. Regular Arnold over here. My like, muscles! Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. He's also wearing a hat, which doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess clutches her little Tigger doll while Hogan angrily finishes up his reps. Do you think that's because they filmed at, like, Disney MGM and they yes. use, like, Disney No, things? it is filmed at Disney. Right. Yeah. Because they say that in the credits later, oh, and I'm wondering if the Tigger is, like, mandated by, like, you gotta put a Disney character stuffed animal. You can't Maybe. put, like, anything else, like a teddy Maybe. bear. Because I saw a few other Disney ones. I think I saw Piglet right. and like, Mickey. You think if she used, like, Paddington Bear, that would be, like, a big no-no by Disney? Yeah, like, that'd be a fuck you. Yeah, or Bugs Bunny. Right, Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, seriously. Now, Brew walks in wearing oven mitts. Excuse me, Joe. You mean shark oven mitts? <laughs> this is all real. It's real. And an apron. Yep. And uh, he says he's made a nice bully base, which is Jess's favorite. It's all bad. How did this exist? Like, in all seriousness, who thought this bullshit that we're watching right now was worthy of making air? This is only the third episode ever, and it's like a complete embarrassment. Like, to anything I've ever seen on TV. Like this is not worth. This is not like a final product, Joe. It's pretty bad, Quinn. Like, I agree with you. There's a lot of like editing problems. There's and, a lot of like, bad acting. And and like the sets look like empty and lifeless. Like did you yes. notice that? Like, yeah, just, it's like the little details, the minutia. That's actually more the problem to me. Well, that's our specialty is minutia anyway. Yeah. So if you're not good at the minutia, you're not going to pass the Joe I'm, and Quinn. I'm like, noticing it, and it's bad. I feel like I've only seen like two angles ever of their entire place. Well, maybe they don't have any more. <laughs> maybe that's all the set can really show. Bad. Hogan, though, is adamant, Quinn, that Jess is going to England, but Brew wants everyone to sit down and discuss this like a family. Again, why is he involved? Like, why is he part of the family? Just because he's, like, Hulk's roommate? Yeah, he's not his brother. Yeah, they're not related, No, right? no, no, they're just partners. Like, they just work together. And I guess they include that girl from the credits in their family, she too, She stinks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, or she, what was she, at the beginning? Very, very like, beginning, right? Stupid hat on. <laughs> yeah, with a stupid hat. Uh, Brew then decides to, uh, you know, karate kick some wood before storming off and saying dinner is getting cold. You know, normal family. Family stuff for 1994, kicking wood and, and shark oven mitts. dinner. Yeah, shark oven with, mitts with shark oven mitts, of course. Yeah, Hat Hogan here contemplates his life as we cut to Ed. That's the old man who is confirming with someone on the phone that Jess will be arriving to England tomorrow. You notice how they do that like all nefariously? It's like I'm rich. I I own a telephone. And you're going to England. Long distance phone call. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just horrible. Should have been a fucking Sprint commercial just, while we're at it. I just hate the like shitty suggestions like of how they're like framing the rich man yeah all he's doing is trying to take care of this poor girl I know, and they're just whose like, mom is dead they're just like oh look at him fancy long distance eh? fucking asshole the owning a hotel how yeah. dare you how, how dare he run a business <laughs> how dare he engage in capitalism yeah. <laughs> this immigrant <laughs> so dumb jess is dressed up like it's 1879 yeah I, I don't know what that was about it was like really like upsetting <laughs> like she's going to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Um, as she stares off the balcony, cut to Brew and Kelly. That's a token lady. Carol Alt, stupid hat. Kelly is very upset about this whole thing. And now she decides she wants to talk to Hogan. 
Like, any of this shit even matters. She's trying to act all serious in her stupid hat. Like, I can't take her seriously. It's really it's like floppy. The power of love is going to save you or feelings and stuff. Like, uh, this is, like, her rationale. It's real. Like, not, you know, that she lives with, like, murderers. <laughs> you know, like, none of that's it. But if she's got to follow her heart. Yeah, that's yeah. what she says. It's like, it's ridiculous. So, now Kelly tries to reason that they can't just send Jess away because Jess just made a mistake. That's honestly not even the reason they're talking about this. <laughs> Apparently, everyone's an idiot here. Yeah. Like, the only person rational is the old man. Like, in all seriousness. It's like, oh, that one mistake. She ran on, she, a, but, she ran on a, a stealth boat. But that's with, not with, the point. Yeah, that's not even the point anyway, but, like, still. That's the point that there even is a stealth boat to begin with. That's why she shouldn't be with them. I know. That they kill people sometimes. Right. That's why she shouldn't that's be with the them. That's the reason. Not because she ran onto it. But that one time. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they, they, they're not going to always be on a stealth boat. <laughs> they're always on it. Yeah. The show's named after yeah, it. It's true. It's it, in the credits. Kelly's reasoning is terrible. And her, so is her hat. Yeah. This is the second hat, by the way. She had that weird, like, smaller one before from, like, the 20s. That one was okay. And then now she has, like, a more floppy Yeah, hat. it's very, very floppy. Meanwhile, Bruce sees Sting approaching in his own boat, so he goes over to tell Hogan, and they just stare stupidly yeah. at Sting approaching. You notice that they're, like, like, they're, like, oh. squinting in, like, it's like, is that him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And Sting approaches, and then he just calmly dives off his boat and swims, like, all daintily to Why meet them. Why would he swim off? Like, wouldn't he just... They're on a beach. He can't just, like, pull the boat up a little bit and like, throw an anchor. <laughs> yeah, he looked like an idiot the like, way he did so it. so dumb. So the whole beach gathers around, because of course they do. It's a TV show. Well, I mean, it is weird when a boat comes ashore on a beach. Yeah, that's true, and Sting gets out of it. Yeah. I'd wonder also. Sting confronts Hogan because he wants that open eye computer key. That's what the floppy... They call it a key. It's a fucking floppy disk. It's like the icon, if you don't know, if you're, like, younger, it's the icon on, like, Microsoft Word when you're hitting save. I'm, I'm serious. The I fact saw, that like, you have to explain I that. saw a tweet about this where a kid asks about yeah, it. It was really funny. But, like, I'm, I'm saying it because it's actually possible in this day and age. Anyone listening to our show, though? I don't think Maybe so. Maybe newer fans. How new? Born in 2004? When did floppy disk stop being used? 2004? About then. <laughs> it's possible. Maybe. I mean, that's like... It's, it's 15 almost, years ago. It's quite a long time ago, actually. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Sting grabbed the computer, but he can't do shit with it because he needs the key, right? The, the key. The key. Yeah. Uh, so he challenges Hogan to a winner gets the key match. It's real. It's real, That's no. actually, like, what happens. Yes. And I'm not making that up, folks. Um, Brew is very reluctant, but Hogan exists. And insists. the whole time I'm thinking, this seems like a really good way to handle government business. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put this, like, secret project on the line in a fight. Really? Literally, yeah. Like, that's not... No, you don't, like, negotiate. You don't, like... No. <laughs> it's not... Like, if I had, like, the the nuclear codes on, like, a disc, I wouldn't put it up to a fist fight that I might lose. Right, you wouldn't play rock, paper, scissor for it. Right, exactly. Like, what... Why are they dumb? Like, why would anyone trust them with government secrets in all honesty? Another reason why Jess shouldn't live with them. Yeah. Again, yes. Old man's right. Uh, Hogan, though, decides to add a last man standing stipulation as Sting attacks before the bell, I guess, with a knee to the gut and a big right. Another series of rights by Sting, but Hogan ducks, fires back with one of his own. Sting picks up a rowboat and tosses it at Hogan, but he ducks and the boat hits Jim Neidhart, Jimmy Hart, and Beefcake. Who all, like, appear out of absolutely nowhere, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Yeah. Like, they're just... I, what are they, like, regulars at the bar? They just happen to be throwing a canoe. Like, Who what? throws a canoe? I was just... I, 
This whole scene, again, amazing. just unbelievably bad. So Hogan and Sting brawl in the Tiki Bar, and Hogan lands a nice choke. Lockup goes nowhere until Hogan lands a punch. Sting retaliates with a bar stool smash, and then the third one, though, just misses hitting Kelly and her stupid hat. Hogan rakes the eyes and nails a body slam on the table as we get a beel toss onto the bar by Hogan and a nice choke by the Hulkster. But Sting grabs a bottle of whiskey and nails Hogan with it, followed by a body slam on a table of his own. They uh, grapple again. Good moves here, huh? Very good wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and Hogan tosses Sting into a wooden pillar. Meanwhile, Jessica cheers on Hogan from the balcony, leading Ed to get, like, all huffy about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Young lady, you don't, do, you know. <laughs> don't look at fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, she lives with murderers. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Uh, it's true. Uh, Jessica runs off now as Hogan and Sting are slugging it out. Sting decides to grab an Asian tourist who's taking a picture. <laughs> I don't know. It's so bad. Throws him at Jim Neidhart, Beefcake, and Jimmy again. But that allows Hogan to grab the sleeper. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't even. Joe. <laughs> I didn't know that Hogan knew the sleeper. The sleeper. So Jess runs towards Hogan, allowing Sting to reverse the sleeper for himself. Sleep sleeper. And Beefcake literally calls out, Oh no, he's got a sleeper hold on him! And seriously, what an appropriate way to end this season, huh? Like, are you fucking... Did you pick this out? Oh no, Oh my no. god. Uh, Sting asks for the key, but Hogan says no. So Sting says he's gonna have to kill him, basically. Brew watches on, like, all stupidly instead yeah. of getting involved. Yeah. And he gives the key to the Stinger. By the way, good job, Jessica. Because yeah, she, like, fuck. distracted him or whatever. Yeah. Like, what? So Sting finally releases Hogan. I thought Jessica was supposed to be, like, girl genius or whatever. Like, seriously, just remember stupid. before she's like, I know, calculus or whatever. <laughs> like, then she just distracts Hogan, causes him everything. Dummy. Like, costs the nuclear codes to the boat. <laughs> yeah, like, really? The unstealth thing. Or, I don't even know what that thing Doesn't is. Doesn't matter. Sting releases Hogan. Uh, Jess is very, very upset and apologizes. But Hogan, I was surprised here. He actually snaps and he turns heel on his own daughter. Banishing her back to England. You're always getting in the way, understand? I don't want you here anymore. Sit here on that plane back to England, the better. Kelly, take her back to Edward. Go on, take her! What a big baby. Like, seriously, it's like, you stink! Uh, This is why, get out of here, you bitch! He's so mean. Um, Even Kelly's like appalled, yeah. like, which is weird because usually the love interest is like, oh, Hulk. Yeah. Like, but, oh, Randy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Brew is pissed, though, as Jess is walking away with Kelly. Sting, <laughs> Sting makes me laugh here. He like stupidly rides away in his boat, but Hogan and it's Brew like an give chase. Yeah. Yep. Uh, honestly, though, not a bad match. I'm going to go two and a quarter star, but I could have done without that distraction finish. The Jess thing. Yeah, yeah it's bad. too much, but it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Kelly comforts Jess. Tells her not to blame herself. And she's like, oh, Brew? No, Brew told me mm-hmm. Hogan lost on purpose and he gave Sting a fake key. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't think sure. So. That's yeah. totally not Why what Why would happened. he just not beat him there? Yeah, I like, know. <laughs> right. Why like, would he lose on purpose? He's like, I knew Jessica would come at this exact moment and then I would fall yeah. over and let Sting get away so he could, like, yeah. we can lure him in or whatever. Yeah, like, what the fuck's the point of that? Now we get a shot of Hogan and Brew in Thunder chasing after Sting. Thunder's computer helps locate them as we <laughs> Google Maps. I think yes. you call the Quinn. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, seriously, he's just he's just Google Mapsing it. It's like where is Sting? Yeah, <laughs> here's here, Alpha. <laughs> Alpha. <laughs> it's true. As, as we cut to Sting pulling ashore and walking into the weeds like all dumb. Speaking of robots, Sting looks like a fucking robot here. <laughs> the way he's walking, it's like all rigid. I don't understand. Like, what is he doing? Like in Terminator Two or something, like right? Fucking swimmies on. Like, he just looks so stupid. Swimmies. He does. <laughs> Pennies. Yeah. 
So uh, Hogan decides to hop onto a jet ski. Because, of course, we had more vehicles, right? Hopefully he doesn't get hit in the eye with it or whatever. Also, the editing here is, like, unbelievably bad. There's, yep. like, a bunch of weird audio cuts again. Yep, it's bad. It's uh, terrible. Meanwhile, Sting is on some, I don't know, fucking Tim Taylor more power raft. Uh, on, like, what looks to be a lawn chair. He looks like a complete dork. He's, like, lounging back on it. Again, he's all rigid. I yeah. don't know what that's about. Like, why is he... Why is his, like, mannerisms like that? It's bizarre. It's he's, like they told him, like, Steve, can you act like a villain? And he's like, this is what they look like, I think. <laughs> like, and... I think you're right. It's like he's, so dumb. He's doing what he thinks a villain looks like, which is very stiff, like well, robotic. He doesn't know movie. how to be a villain. He's never been a heel. That's true. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Hogan stealthily gives chase in his wave runner or whatever, while Sting is like obliviously just staring angrily ahead the whole time. Yeah, so it's like jet ski versus airboat. I feel like the only people who'd ever care about this are from Florida. Like we said, right? Skinner. Yeah, yeah this people is very, like that. very Skinner. Very Skinner. This is the show for him. <laughs> Steve Kern. Uh, Sting pulls up to some marsh, I guess is the name for it, and grabs the... Oh, what is a marsh? Is that a marsh, weedy... I think it's like supposed to be like the Everglades or something. So it's marshy, right? Yeah, it's like a swamp, basically. Marsh, swamp. Yeah. So Skinner is there. Right. Uh, he grabs the open-eye computer, but spots Hogan, so he hightails it out of there. Hogan chases him rather unexcitedly for a while, like all calmly, yeah. finally just pulling aside and hopping up onto Sting's boat all casually. So safe. Yeah, so safe the way they did that. They, they t- really look like they're like jockeying per- for position on the airboat. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like, uh, he's going to like suplex him off it or something. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's like why I thought that. Suplexa. Uh, <laughs> they tussle and uh, Hogan gets a snapmare, but Sting with a poke to the eye and some choking. Hogan chokes back as well and they both fall into the water now. Hogan with a big wet punch as Sting tries to escape. Lots of like choking and lots of one note music yeah. like, just like literally somebody had like a fucking keyboard and just went dang, dang, like, oh, every time he like punched it's true though uh, Sting with a uh, rake to the eyes and he goes for the uh, drown but he <laughs> grabs that, a move, that hot move the <laughs> I drown I love the drown he grabs a giant tree branch and charges at Hogan but a bang body drop by Hogan into the water thing, but he, Sting still has the stick. Sting lands a few shots with it and chokes Hogan with it against the tree, but Hulk is able to punch it in half and then land Sting with a left and a right before getting him in the sleeper. Are you again. like, oh my god, Joe, please, you must have... No, I didn't know! <sighs> now, Hogan, though... This is amazing. Now, on top of all of this, the he, sleeper. He uses the sleeper to kill Sting. Yes, he literally killed Sting they, with the sleeper. Yeah, no, that's real. Like, you had to pick this, right? I didn't right? know, Quinn. I swear that he... I didn't know Sting died in this. Number seven finisher of all time. <laughs> Dobby dies in the end. Winner. <laughs> Winner is Hulk Hogan. Winner is you. Hogan dumps st- the dead Sting into the ocean now. I'm not kidding. Into the swamp, you <laughs> mean? Yeah, whatever, the marsh. Yeah. The, the Everglades, are, they're kind of like the Pine Barrens of Florida. There you basically. go, yeah. But he's dead. Gorilla, is he dead? Yeah, like, he's definitely making, dead. He's dead. He's, he killed him. <laughs> so, and then he retrieves the open eye computer. Now, this part, this confuses the shit out of me. He picks Sting he up. He picks him back up. But, like, what did he do with him? Like, because know. you never see him again, he definitely killed him. He, like, choked him to death. Maybe he, like, him he wasn't breathing. No, he's dead. Like, Sting what, is dead. He, well, he was a former Marine. Maybe they took him to Arlington or something. I don't know. Oh, that's so far away. Who wants to go all the way up to Arlington? And ship his body away. Oh, so Hogan didn't have to go. No, no, no. He just, you know, he used to be in the, the services. You got to show your respect, right? Do you? I don't know the rules. I don't know. But if he's you're... Hammerhead. He was like a traitor. 
the Benedict Arnold. It's true. Of maybe, Navy SEALs. I don't know. Uh, anybody in the Army, you can tell us or whatever. Or it's Navy, like, it would be. Yeah. I don't Marines, know. Marines. I don't know the, uh, Coast Guard, the way this goes. National Guard. Cub Scouts. Let us know. Anyway. Back to Ed now and Jess walking out of the hotel as Hogan is arriving on Thunder. Yeah, you know, after just casually murdering yeah. someone. You know, this is another day at the office, right? <laughs> of these great parents. Pretty much. Ed is just getting her into this fancy-ass car with some fancy-ass guy. Oh, God. Remember Th- that? This fucking guy. He's in, like, the old-timey golf outfit. Of the I 20s, sw- right? Like the knickers. Yeah, like, the knickers. I, I sw- <laughs> like... It's so, again, look how like, assholic we are. It's like they just keep framing it like, oh, man, look at these rich assholes. Like dicks. Like having nobody money. dresses like <laughs> no. that when they play golf and or like when they're a servant, even. You know who dresses like that when they play golf? Characters on 90s sitcoms. Right. You know, for comedic purposes. It's true. That's about it. As Hogan decides to pick up the car so Jess can hop out. I hate this like even more now. <laughs> look, I know that Hogan is a strong person. Right. Picking up a car. Come it's on. It's like so unreasonable. <laughs> Come on. Again, and he's really like endearing himself as a great parent here. Yeah. Like it's, it's like looks so responsible. It's a good thing that car was a rear wheel drive, by the way, because otherwise the front wheels would have gone anyway. Yeah, Hogan would be like dragging it like a wheelbarrow, <laughs> yeah. like, like a fucking like race or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a camp. Yeah. Anyway, so Hogan and Jess love each other, but uh, Brew comes out as well for the hug. But Ed has no real choice, and he he reluctantly agrees that this is okay. See, Ed's not a bad guy because yeah, he's in the he show like, every. He's he like, in the credits. He like gave in, which I don't understand because he was like one hundred percent right. He was proven right. I guess all he, the way through, there was never not proven right. Literally, Hogan murdered a person. <laughs> like it's. I mean, I there really is no argument to keep this poor nine year old girl with this man. Yeah, I guess the only thing is like, who the fuck wants to go to England? No offense, Richard. Hey, who wants to move to she England? She goes to a school. She hates school, but this could be It'll better. be worse there, and the food will be worse, she guaranteed. She said it's not challenging, Joe. The weather is worse. The teeth are worse. The school's better. They though, have apparently. extra U's and words that they we don't... They got good school. Do they? That's what the Ed said. I, listen, I trust that Ed did the research, because he's just shown to be way more responsible the whole fucking way through here. And he's English. He probably, like, you know, called them. Hello. Checks, you know. <laughs> How's your school? Yeah. Because there was no internet back then. Well, there was. Other than on the Thunderboat, but... He probably had the yeah. internet. No. He was he rich. Didn't, he didn't have a computer on his desk. Oh, true. Rich people didn't... They weren't they just like, have a pen. The, they weren't into that yet. They don't even do work. Yeah. They're not even doing anything, well, really. they make the big decisions, They Joe. stare out the window, Glenn. He makes the big decisions. They drink martinis He looks on the beach and he says, my customers need more martinis, and then he tells them to get more martinis. Well, Kelly... Big decisions, Joe. Kelly works there, yeah? Yeah. Anyway, back to the Tiki Bar, where Brew and Kelly talk about that how there was some deal where Hogan... Just, it's exposition about, like, like it doesn't like, fucking matter. Like, somehow, because of Jess, Hogan owns the Tiki Bar or something, so the, now his, Kelly works for them. His wife was rich or something. I don't yeah, know. I don't like, know. It's it doesn't very matter. Stupid. It's just, like, a reason to make them hang around the Tiki Bar for the rest of the season. I swear. Yeah, because Hogan owns it now. Yeah. Kelly decides to put chips on Bruce's stupid hat. He's got a really dumb hat on. He looks like an idiot. Yeah, and then she leaves as we see Hogan in a Speedo playing with his daughter uh, to close out here. Then we get a really crummy reggae theme that plays over the opening uh, closing credits. It's so poor. This whole thing is so poor. I, like, never want to see another yeah. episode of Thunder Power. Like, this it was really stunk. Horrible. It was very bad. I agree. I didn't expect it to be good. 
but I think it was worse than I thought it would be for once. It aged a lot worse because I remember sort of liking this show as a kid. Like that, you know, it was like Hulk Hogan doing actiony things for an hour, and I was like, this seems okay. Right. Like it never like seemed that offensive as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, but it, it is. It, but it is. It's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. No, it's terrible. It's utter trash. <laughs> it shouldn't be watched. Seriously. Yeah, don't watch it. But if you want to, it's on YouTube. Just yeah, look at Thunder and Paradise no Tug one, of War. No one's going to take it down because nobody no. cares. <laughs> uh, tell you what, I think that both Shawn Michaels in Pack Blue and, dare I say, Bret Hart in uh, Sinbad were both better than this show. I could agree with that, actually. Right? This was, this was so bad, like, you know what's another problem with this? It's like, there's not much to say because it's just a procession of shit. Like, it's like, yeah. how do you, like, comment on this? We tried. I mean, yeah. it, we did, but yeah. you know what? I even think that that Baywatch with Hogan and Flair and all that, that, was, that better. was better, right? At least they goofed around with, like, the, yeah. the beach gym and all that stupid Vader and everything. <laughs> Vader is always good. I mean, yeah. how do you not like Vader, right? It's true. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for being with us for not only another season, but for three years. I know I speak for both of us when I say we are very thankful that so many of you have made OVP kind of destination listening on your Mondays or yeah, whatever day you thank, listen. Thank you all because, you know, I don't think we ever expected this. Three years. It geez. really is a long time. We're not even being funny. That's all a long time. from just a conversation about Dino Bravo. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> Who would have ever thought? But guys, thank you so much. We will be that back in two weeks. And the reason I'm saying that now is next week, we're going to be rerunning the live Q&A. Mm-hmm. There's a live OVP Q&A that by the time you're listening to this has already happened. Right. But we are going to, for any of you that didn't catch it, didn't get to participate, we're going to be releasing it in both audio and video form next week. And then the week after that, two weeks from now, we will be back for episode number 151. It's the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush of Entrance theme, which so many people are excited right. about. Brand new season. Yep. Brand new season. New segment. Same old OVP. Lots of weird reviews. You know the deal here. And thank you guys so much for being a part of our world here in the world of retro wrestling. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this season of OVP. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And if you can spare the cash and you want some extra content, go to Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But until next time, you're going to have a blooper reel right after this. I'm Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. And we will see you in two weeks. See ya. That's the finisher. See the the Uh bottom there? I gotta keep that as a... Undertaker got the... (laughs) He's got the motion for it. (laughs) Gotta keep this, uh... We gotta keep that as a blooper. Alright, let's redo that. (laughs) What do you mean? You know what I mean. Three... What? (laughs) Put your thing on. I'm muting you. Muting you. Huh? Uh... Pass the fucking potatoes. Yeah. Uh (laughs) This is a real pass the fucking potatoes episode. I found it. I think it... Where, where are you going? <laughs> well, Quinn has walked off set here. <laughs> I wouldn't, but I also wouldn't pass. But I also wouldn't pass. I also wouldn't. Pa- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This is what you pay for, folks. Your, your $2 tier right here. See, Joe, figure out where the audio is to the Royal Rankings.
I don't know where it is because I don't handle that. Um, I'm not the uh, Paisano of audio or whatever the what? term we use for that. Not bad. The um, <laughs> you ready? Autocrat of audio. Yeah, the autocrat. Okay, we're ready. Let's do it. Your volume is. Uh, check your volume there. <laughs> Guys like Sheik and Duggan, another big, another big team. Not Sheik and Duggan, Sheik and Volkov. Oh, let me, sorry. Let me roll that. Sorry, yeah. Whoops. But right now, we're going to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Sometime. Yep. Usually, taking it off mute helps. Usually. Pro tip. Pro okay. sound tip that you don't have to pay for. Do it! <laughs> it's a ghost. Oh, there's a cable down. There's the goal. Oh, God. Ah! <laughs> we summon Siri, and we keep saying... I, every time I say seriously, I think she, like, she thinks I'm say, talking to her. Let me redo that. It's been nice to, uh... uh fucking bass! I don't know what I'm saying. Shit, dick fuckers. Well, dick, time dick, to hear the theme again. Dick ticklers. Dick ticklers. You know, it's not easy all the time, folks, to do this every single week and be perfect. It's not easy being greasy. It's not easy being greasy. It's the easiest because it's the cheesiest.